I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Maybe a mixture of both. I don't know, but yeah. Yo, what's up, guys and gals? We are live. Uh, Welcome back to Gravity Lab Radio. It's been a long fucking time. How are you doing, Alex? I'm all right. How are you, DJ? I'm doing good, man. Tonight we have on one of uh, my favorite fans of the show. Uh, I don't know if you would know that, Mr. Serrera. Really? But uh, no, absolutely. You've always been. Ever since I know you liked the show, you've always been my favorite fan of the show. Thank you. Um, I will t- say it's a little bit hard of a thing to say because DQ is a huge homie and he listens to the show a lot. But he's just a huge homie. He's a close tight friend, so it's, I don't really see him as a fan. Although I think he might say he is one. Um, you always have been. So uh, it's always been fun to see you around. Uh, also, the first fan of the show that I called out publicly and talked shit about. That's what I was about to bring up. Without <laughs> saying his name. I did it respectfully. I knew. And, uh, oh, you knew. And it just made it so much better. So, And with him, we want to talk about that right away because you made my day recently and you know where it's going to go. Okay. Uh, Mark Wallace is joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Oh, dude, it's good to have you here, brother. Nice car, by the way. Thank you. Thank we'll you. get to that, too. So... Uh, years ago, when we started the show, we, we had very... What year did you start skydiving, mister? 2016. Okay. 2016. Uh, 2016, I teach a canopy course to him and this dude named Jared. Mm-hmm. Super nice guys, man. Really enjoyed the time. We, we Absolutely no issues. Super great course. Great people. We had a great time. He's the only guy invited to my wedding who didn't show up. Fuck Jared. Does that, I actually like Does Jared a out? lot. <laughs> no, it, no, but, so Jared ends up moving into our rental house. So we had a rental property. He was one of our tenants. And we were going to go to dinner with him one night and he just happens to come along with Tweedle D over here and Mr. Serrera and, and, and we very quickly knew and realized that Nick would be coming with us and we were valuing like absolutely Nick's a really good dude let's go hang out with him we like Nick we like Jared let's go have dinner we went to a, a place called uh, 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 it's not there anymore it's a different name anyways no we went to BJ's didn't we no no it's not is near BJ's it's a uh, uh, what was um it's now hometown something yeah i don't know that's a little before my time i don't remember yeah so anyways i'll think of the name when it's irrelevant uh (laughs) and and we're having dinner and you keep talking about skydiving and i start deflecting and i start deflecting in the show i talk about like yo dude you don't always want to talk about skydivers skydiving when with skydivers like if you're a new jumper hanging out with experienced guys and gals and they steer away from skydiving like steer away from it we we it's we talk about it every day it's we're paid literally to talk about it like if, if we stay on track go with it if we steer steer away and we talk about that nick calls me out the next time he sees me at d at the dz shit eating grin and and uh does his best to make me feel bad but still not make me feel bad all at once it was definitely a friendly bash he, he had a good time but recently you told me something nick do you remember yeah it happened to me i'm on the other <laughs> side now <laughs> We've come for full circle huh? i don't remember the details if you do uh, chime I, in, I do man he came up to me and said dj Remember that? Yeah, I remember it. I get it now. <laughs> they recently were talking as a group about such and such, and, and you didn't even mention the name, like somebody joining us. And I'm like, well, what are we going to do? Talk about skydiving? I don't know this guy. I don't want to talk about skydiving the entire dinner. Why don't we go buy somebody new with us? Yeah. So officially burned out. Yeah. So if you ate dinner <laughs> recently with Nick Serrera and have, uh, you, you know, talk about jumping jump. the whole time. <laughs> 
You're on my shit list. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So uh, welcome, guys. Alex is uh, doing something different. We're short Mr. Nick Lott. Um, short. You were short with him. Yeah, we can, we can just say Nick Lott. <laughs> you know, it, it's the same thing. <laughs> we got used to saying me behind the uh, desk, and so uh, Mr. Mr. Alex is going to take more of the hosting roles tonight. So uh, good luck with that. Have cool. fun. Yeah, it should be nice and easy, right? I mean, we kind of know each other. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have you guys. How are you feeling? Yeah, dude. Stoked to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. No, it's uh, it's cool to finally get you on. It's been a little bit since we've done a show, but it's nice to kind of get back into things. Um, if you see me stalling, just jump in because I don't remember how to do this shit, but I'll <laughs> ask questions Neither when they come up. You know. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, what have you guys been up to lately? I mean, I know we've had some weather and stuff, but uh, I feel like I've seen you guys in the drop zone, like, you know, here or there. But uh, I definitely haven't been jumping as much. Um, I'm not a, I live in Texas, so I'm a huge pussy when it comes to cold weather. Yeah. So, like, amen. Uh, I am too. No, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, dude. it's, been it's below lately. 70. I'm fucking hiding. Yeah. My, my cutoff is if I have to wear gloves, I'm out. What's but, but do you have a number for that or is it just a feeling? It's just a feeling thing. Like because uh, uh, I distinctly remember there was one winter where it was warmer at altitude than it was at the ground. Yeah. Um, I remember that. Yeah. Was, it was crazy. Like uh, three grand, you're flying in, and then all of a sudden it's just cold. It um, has yeah. if it's zero Celsius, and I know it in Celsius because that's what aviation for reports do. As if it's zero Celsius or thirty two degrees at twelve thousand feet. That's when I put on gloves. Yeah. If there's any number lower than that under canopy, I put on gloves. And when I got paid to work, I put on gloves. Or paid to jump, I put on gloves. Now I rarely jump, but absolutely has always been my standard. I will not fun jump if I need gloves. Yep. It ain't fun wearing gloves. See, that's my secret. I always wear gloves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, so does my wife. Fucked, man. <laughs> so does my wife. She Hand warmers, the little rubber gloves inside, all of it. Is there a time where you don't use gloves? Like if it's hot, top to bottom, like middle of the summer no, type stuff? probably for the last five plus years yeah yeah interesting but you have done because uh, i've seen you do a lot of layers and stuff and like mm. use the jumpsuit for a while was that part of the layering or was that more like a flying thing jumpsuit was always a flying thing yeah. um just having something consistent to wear every time always yeah. fly the same uh part of the routine too i mean it's nice when you don't have to worry about like your shirt riding up or totally yeah. unforeseen anything like pockets phone flying out it's just it's the same every time mm-hmm. so I'll make it easy i feel like i've seen both of you jump something other than a jumpsuit like kind of no, I wouldn't say regularly, but like more often for sure. When we got back from the world record, I hung up the jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah. Was there like a specific point in the record that made you say that, or it was just like, hey, it's time to like switch it up? No, I mean it. It really wasn't from the record. It's not like anything happened. I was just mm-hmm. just wanted to be comfortable. It was actually too baggy in the legs. Mm-hmm. That's another part. So mm-hmm. I tightened up the the lower I body a little like bit. I always wear some sort of suit, whether it's like shorty suit or a long. You always suit. wear a different suit. Yeah, you own like thirty. <laughs> yeah, how many do you have? Uh, probably twenty. I don't yeah. know. I'm maybe four in rotation that I'm like using consistently. Mm. Um, no particular reason. Um, but yeah, I just have a, a couple of them. Um, I tried jumping in like a jersey and pants not too long ago, a couple of months ago, and I did not like it. Mm. Um, I like being able to feel the wind on my legs and then. St- Stowing my go. slider. Specifically your ankles, though, right? Specifically the inside go. of my ankles. <laughs> yeah, you felt it coming. <laughs> yeah, in terms of ankle awareness, this is like the best this couch has ever been. Like, it's top-notch right now. I'll take that title. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but I mean, that makes sense, and it sounds pretty classic as to, like, uh, what you normally hear from people talking about jumpsuits and stuff. Um, it's just interesting seeing people who are pretty subscribed to that mentality, like, switch it up every so often. Um, are you still doing, like, the, the no jumpsuit thing, or are you... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's permanent. Yeah. So, it's a, it's still a consistent outfit, because I have, like, four pairs of pants that were in my closet that I never wore. Yeah. They're all the same fit, same size, so that and a jersey. Yeah. So, it's still the same thing every jump. It's just different colors yeah, that makes sense for sure have you had way more look- comfortable yeah in the summer too especially yeah. the jumpsuit got really hot do you think you'll ever go to like shorts and t-shirt though because i normally I, th- I think i see you in like jersey and jeans right like something like that it'd have to be really hot out yeah so for anybody who doesn't know i have like a circulation disorder so uh, that's why i'm layered up that's yeah. why i wear the gloves it's not for any other weird reason it's because my hands will turn like they will grimace. turn purple no literally like yeah. grimace yeah and i want to be able to Feel my canopy and my toggles. So. I think your I hands still it. are purple yeah. when you take your gloves off. I think they're purple right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, kinda, yeah, they just <laughs> change, man. Do we have any gloves? Great. We've got to have some gloves in this room. You pop them on real quick. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Too much fabric, not a good thing. But I need at least like a base layer covering my skin. Yeah, for so. sure. No, that makes sense. I've I've always felt that way about gloves and stuff too, man. Like it starts freaking me out the second I feel like I can't feel those inputs. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily have a number for it, but it's definitely like a, a feeling thing or anytime it's like below freezing at altitude. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's real. Definitely I mean, not on the world record jumps, we were going on the last step to like 22,000 feet oh sitting by the yeah. door. I mean, it gets cold. Yeah. It's really for cold, sure, man. How long is that ride to altitude too? Like, I, I know you're like flying information and stuff too. So that might take I feel like time. it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Like, I remember hearing stories from the 2016 record where it was like 45, 50 minutes to altitude, okay. but I think this was it was only like 30 minutes. I would have said 40 for memory. I could be mm-hmm. wrong. Um, the last day we went up an extra 2,000 feet, mm-hmm. and I think it gets like exponentially longer of a trip the higher you go. So mm-hmm. that last 2,000 feet is another 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's a long time. Yeah, for sure. And what you guys were, wasn't it like left, left, left trail or something? I don't know all the terminology. We started like all the way on one quadruple side. right trail. <laughs> okay. But the way the pilot was flying, we were in seven right trail. Yeah, if you could have fit three planes between, <laughs> like, his plane and where the next plane was. Yeah, so that so, must have made the approach, like, pretty long, huh? It, when we got out, we couldn't see anything. <laughs> we, we were just We trust. did a 35-second angle jump, yeah. back angle. It was actually great. We loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's got to be nice. Couldn't have people. put a better group of people in that plane. <laughs> did you say that ahead of time? Like, hey, we like angles. Like, we want that long approach, or did it just kind of We joked about way? it amongst ourselves, like, how great it would be if we were in the farthest plane. We didn't, like, bring it up to the organizers, mm-hmm. so it was coincidence i think yeah but and then we had a an unorthodox approach too because typically the way they structure kind of big ways is when you exit you're basically flying straight at the formation and that's where your radial is but ours the way we're exiting we're flying with the plane for a while and then doing a 90 degree turn into the formation so it was uh definitely an interesting visual to get used to Mm -hmm. um first couple of jumps were interesting <laughs> especially the first one yeah. oh my god i've definitely heard the stories i wasn't there but uh i've definitely yeah, i've heard i've heard there was some stuff going on there what do you want to know yeah what do you want to know <laughs> don't, uh, i don't know don't like follow, what comes to my, don't yeah, follow the way let's jump right into this right now <laughs> we're getting into it like i don't know tell me like what happened the biggest like when you think about the record and you think about uh the shit most show. memorable part of it yeah like what made it a shit show for you all of it yeah i think there are several factors yeah. i think um Oh, we're going to be professional about it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think there was a, definitely a huge uh, element of disorganization. I think, uh, man, it was a lot of people sitting in the chairs, and they all weren't on the same page. Um, and then 
It also felt like a lot of flyers, and I'm not saying I was either. A lot of people showed up unprepared, um, and I, myself included. I definitely was not super comfortable on the first couple of jumps, and I think a lot of people were in that same position. Um, and then some questionable decisions made by the people that were organizing with how are they handling slot changes, people getting cut, um, changes to the base. Mm. Um, it was. Uh, it just felt like it was a constant like what is happening inside that organizer room and uh there's 200 people there that are all spent over 10 grand at that point to get to just be there yeah. um so it was definitely frustrating on our point to to have that much time and money invested and this is what we show up to you know for sure man um yeah. it seems like there's some organizers out there that are kind of taking a new approach to big way flying and i'm really intrigued to see how that Matt plays Fry. out Matt yeah. Fry. andy macchiotti yes yeah. Is that what Scott was doing this last weekend? It was. I saw him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Was that looked cool, man. Like whatever they were building with, like the, I don't know what you would call them, but like the. Yeah, they're just changing kind of the the traditional first stinger, second stinger, pod closer mm-hmm. format that's been around in big way head down flying for a long time, and mm-hmm. they're trying some new formats to uh, lessen build times and relieve a lot of tension. Because man, that two hundred way. Had some waves <laughs> in it, dude. I thought 40, I thought Jed Lloyd was gonna show up and yeah. surf. Waves. Yeah, I thought Jed Lloyd was gonna come surf some of those waves that were flowing through that thing, man. It was, uh, it was gnarly. Yeah, man. I've I've only seen the videos. Obviously, I was there, and I've only I've heard the stories from you guys. But you can watch a video and kind of see it, but it's it's never the same as being there. So I can only imagine what that was like uh, in person. So there's a joke in Scott having safety third. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, safety was like 10th, yeah. in, in my opinion, from the organizers. So I'll give you an example. The first jump, the base spun 180 degrees. So in big way flying, the base has to come out on an orientation that everyone's aware of relative to the line of flight. So it's not like it comes out, it spins, wherever it lines up, everybody slots in. I mean, it's very much planes flying north, this person's going to be on the north side. So first jump, 200 people, base does a 180. Half of the skydive tries to carve around 180 to get to their slot. The other half stays where they're supposed to, like in their quadrant on the radial. Yeah. This was never addressed in any safety briefing. What do we do if the base spins 180? Yeah. Um, there's four breakoff waves. So everyone's using audibles. They're set from, what, 7,500 or 7,000 yeah. down to like 4,000. Well, what do you do? So the outer wave is going to break off the highest, right? And then mm-hmm. the next wave and the next wave. So what do you do if you're at a low breakoff altitude, but you're outside the formation where I was? Mm. So you've seen like Star Wars when all the TIE fighters <laughs> go flying by. <laughs> yeah. I oh watched everyone break off oh past God, me man. because it, their alarms were going off yeah. and I wasn't supposed to leave yet. Yeah. Didn't talk about that in any safety briefing. I mean, I know there's infinite unforeseen things that could happen, but... Totally. That was just like a, the perfect way to start it. And yeah. it still wasn't addressed after that jump. Oh, yeah. That's, no. yeah, that's yeah. got to be frustrating. For and, sure. and Mark, you made a great point earlier. When you've already spent so much money up front to get there, that just compounds that frustration, I imagine. For sure. Yeah. And it's a big way culture thing. I mean, I don't know what people's opinion of us are, but we are extremely safety conscious. Yeah. So maybe that's not obvious. That. Maybe it is. But it was very disturbing for us to be there and to see that and to see that it was okay. I mean, I know it's going to happen, but the fact that it was like accepted, oh, that's just big way. Right off the bat, we were kind of like... Yeah, and there's some expectation. I mean, I feel like big way, there is an expectation or kind of an understanding that it's dangerous. It's more dangerous than a a six-way, for sure. But Mm. we were under the impression, and we were under the impression that there were going to be more steps taken to to have safety in mind. Mm -hmm. And to us, it just didn't seem like that was the case for that specific event. 
Um, some other big wave events we went to have been awesome. Like I know Nick enjoyed the vertical sequential world well, record. Yeah, that um, was the best record I've ever been to. It'll probably mm-hmm. be the last one I go to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, there are some events that are run very nicely. So I think what, where I'm at a disadvantage is that's like the, the only kind of big way progression that I've gone down. Yeah. And that is what I think of when I think of big way head down. Yeah. I haven't experienced really anything else. Um, so I think my opinion is kind of swayed one way or the other, whereas some of these guys have experienced a little bit different or the other side of the big way flying. So they have a different perspective, but yeah. my perspective is not an enjoyable <laughs> one for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah and you, for anyone yeah. who doesn't know, so the records, you know, there's, Head down big way, head up big way, head down sequential. I'd say those are the big three. It's three different groups of people who organize those records. Now, they're all part of the same community, but certain people take the lead on certain records. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a culture that goes along with each one of those records. Do you think that culture is a good thing or a bad thing, though? Because it makes sense to me that you have these little different sections and they all kind of develop their own thing. The culture at the sequential record is a great thing. Yeah. That's Matt (laughs) Fry and Andy Macchiotti. Yeah. Yeah, from my understanding, I wasn't no at the head-up record, so I don't know about that Got one. It. There's yeah. no bench at the vertical sequential. Like, you get an invite, you're on the jump. Yeah. And, like, uh, and from what these guys are telling me, it's like you show up, and the organizers are like, hey, you guys are the crew. We're not cutting anyone. Mm-hmm. This, You yeah. guys are here because you deserve it. It was here. a bit unique yeah. because uh, I could be wrong here. I think it was supposed to happen in 2020, and then with COVID, it got pushed to 21. So they kind of had invitations and a, and a whole roster lined up, and then it got shut down, and then – you know, 21, you don't know who's jumping, who's not. There, I'm sure there were a ton of people who had invites who kind of quit skydiving. So I think Matt and Andy just made the decision to kind of take a look at the landscape. Who's current? Who do we know is interested in this? Who's maybe been to some camps? And they basically handed out personalized invites. You know, they would hit you up. Are you interested in this? Yeah, cool. Here's your invite. I think it was a 77 way. So they had 77 invites, no bench. You show up. Essentially, you're guaranteed a slot on the jump as long as you're not unsafe or like completely like incapable of being on the jump Mm. and shit. We did it on like day three in the morning. I mean, it was sick. It was the most from jump one to when we got the record, like every jump was going in the right direction until we got it. That's gotta be a great feeling too. Like that forward progress Mm -hmm. each time. Do you think that's like a numbers thing too? Because if you're inviting 77 people, the chance of getting like really quality flyers is easier than 200 just simply by the numbers. Or do you think that's also like i I'd probably say so. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, man, I feel like, the, the 200 ways are going to be reattempted again in 25, mm. I think, or 26, whenever it's coming up. Mm. And I think where they're going to struggle with is there are a lot of people that were on the original 200 ways before us that realized they don't want to do this anymore. So mm. they lost a lot of good talent that year. There were some people that came back and then some newer talent that showed up uh, for the previous one in 2022. And a good majority of those people aren't coming back. Mm-hmm. So for the next 200 ways, it's going to be like significantly a high amount of very low experience big wave flyers. So yeah. I think uh, those organizers are for sure going to have a challenge to, to make that work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say for sure 77 organizing 77 experience flyers would definitely be a lot easier than 200 from all over the world, which is for sure. insane. Yeah. At some point you just need to fill bodies. I mean, yeah. and there was a huge bench. I don't know, 50 people on it. <sighs> yeah, man. I didn't know it was 50. That's I, don't, I don't know what the real number was. That's what it's like, like ballpark. Yeah, even, ballpark. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think they were doing, it was two groups. Yeah. Two groups of like practice jumps yeah. were, were turning as we were going as well. Like, so the bench was staying warm. They were continuing to jump. Got it. But there weren't any practice jumps for like the, like everybody not on the bench. Basically it's like, Hey, let's we show up and we're already doing this thing. Jump the day before. Yeah. I mean, weather played an issue or factor. Uh, so uh, we flew in. What Saturday? 
We were yep. supposed to fly in early Saturday. We were going to jump all day Saturday on our own for fun. Sunday was an organized day where I think you were going to just jump with your plane and do like 18 ways, however many people were on the plane. Yeah. Um, Saturday was a complete weather day. Sunday was weather day until kind of like mid-afternoon. So I think every plane got to do one jump. Mm-hmm. So you did like some kind of drill, you know, everybody's, the whole plane's floaters come up and build it. So that's all, all we had. And then the next jump you're on is 200 people. Yeah, man, that's got to be a, a tough transit. I mean, I'm sure it's nerve wracking regardless, but if you get weather and all that other stuff, I can see mm-hmm. how that kind of builds <laughs> into yeah. something that could. So be luckily, dangerous. Monday through Friday, I think we had perfect weather. A couple cloud holes, yeah, but good. like, yeah, there's some cloud holes. We tried to sneak in a fun jump uh, huh. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a there was <laughs> two hour ATC hold, yeah. air traffic control hold. Uh, for whatever, like eleven to one every day. So yeah. we can't go to the high altitude that we need to go. Yeah. Um, they just won't let us. But the drop zone's still running. So the first four <laughs> days, I mean, yeah, you're not going to try to do a fun jump. But on the fifth day, we were all kind of like, yeah, why not? Yeah, fuck this. We could so. use it. I'm assuming you went for a static head down jump, right? No movement <laughs> no, whatsoever. We, uh, we got all the way to the loading area to get on the plane, and they shut down for a cloud hold. Yeah, Oof, yeah. didn't happen. But you were planning on going for an angle, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, we were going. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. it's pretty obvious to me, but just make it sure. Yeah. Yeah. But did, they do have, like, kind of what we're, we're building or already have built here, already implemented there, right? Like a leader approval program. You kind of yeah, have that was right a, person, a like, bit of a process that we had to, to navigate. So, like, um, when I tried to manifest us as a moving group, basically manifest was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be fair, we still say that in uh, as well. Were you T4 anyway. back then? <laughs> uh, yes, I was. Yeah, so known. I should have just pulled out my IBA account. There you go. Um, yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> I don't need <laughs> a logbook. <laughs> um, so when I tried to manifest as a moving group, they're like, are you on the approved leaders list? And I was like, no, how do I do that? And they're like, you need to go talk to J Russ. And then, so I of course try to approach someone who's known for his movement ability. Yeah. So I approached J Russ in the middle of a record and it was like, (laughs) (laughs) it was like, uh, Hey man, what does this process look like? I would like to take my friends for a skydive. Hang on, I gotta just one second. You, when you say in the middle of a record, like this isn't a weather hold, like planes are flying, shit is happening, or like there's a little bit of a the record here. was on a hold. Because, we were on the air traffic control. Got hold. It. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I was matching that. Yeah, time. we got were it. on a hold, but the drop zone was still flying, so <laughs> we had like two ish hours. Beautiful. We had plenty of time, so I approached J Russ and I was like, "Hey, man, I would like to take my friends on a skydive. What does it look like to get on this approved leaders list?" And he's like, "Well, there's a written test, and then you have to do a one-on-one eval jump with me." Mm. and i don't have time for this right now and i was like oh that sucks um <laughs> all right well sorry and then um garrett bloodworth of all people happened to be overhearing this conversation <laughs> and uh he he walks up and he's like hey man what's going on and i kind of explained the situation and he's like to jairus he's like hey this guy's good he's from houston leads all these guys out at uh at spaceland mm. he's good yeah. um so J. Russ was like okay if you take the written test if Garrett is approving you, you're good to go. So we sat down and the five of us collectively. <laughs> the <laughs> test was like an Easter egg hunt. Yes. It's like how many stalls are in the men's bathroom? I mean, it, was, it had nothing oh, to do man. with angle safety. Um, it was a lot of drop zone specific stuff that you definitely right. needed to know. Cause like uh, they fly parallel jump runs there. They do mm. curve jump runs. There was definitely 
a lot of information on there that mm-hmm. like is pertinent to the draft. Zone, There's so. also five stalls in the Eastman's bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, seven if you count the two urinals, the kids' urinals. Ooh, good point. One it's high, one low, question. or are they both low? So both the, high. Yeah, both high. Ooh. Both Nick high. Lots big, of big boys only. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got all of that taken care of, and then we, we, met, we were able to get manifested. We get fully geared up. I think there was going to be like a seven-way. I think it was five of us, and I think Wade Baird was going to join us. It was us. just mm-hmm. the Houston boys and Wade. Yeah. That okay, was so it was six of we us. We couldn't up. get Peter to do it. Yeah, Peter didn't want to. Um, <laughs> we get all the way to the loading area. We're like planes pulling up, and then ground crew uh, says, hey, guys, we're shutting down. So yeah. we spent the last hour and a half dealing with <laughs> taking a test and submitting it and dealing with all those hoops. And then, uh, yeah. man, that would have been the best jump of best the jump event. of the whole week. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been a pretty nice way to like shake it out a little bit, especially after some pretty stressful jumps. For yeah, sure. We needed it. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, at least you got the approval process done. I mean, I'm assuming you're still on the list. So if you ever find yourself back there, you won't have to go through it again. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. <laughs> I don't know like. if we'll ever be back there. Yeah, yeah true. I mean, maybe not for a record, but if you ever find yourself there for whatever reason. Do I need to pay $100 to renew my leader rating? <laughs> That's actually a great question. <laughs> Man, I want to kind of park back on two different conversations here because you guys, I, I want to talk about the last one y'all had with a with an interesting perspective from for me. It was neat to listen to this go down. And then I want to get back to this angle thingy. Um, I've watched big ways for years. I, I've shot video of some big ways. I've never wanted to be a participant on a big way. Um, I have a hard time trusting three people. I need to trust 100 people, 200 people. That really gets tricky. Also, in uh, video days of shooting big ways, I would open as the video guy. Like, first break off, first video guy opens was our plan there. Is was belly big ways. First break off, first video guy opens, and three people open around me who are in inner ring skydivers. Like, you guys are all just pitching around the video guy, and literally I'm turning to avoid people. It was chaos. So it, it scared me from big ways. But I've watched it for years, and and really, first of all, mad mad shout out to Matt Fry, yeah. uh, Andy yep. Malchiotti, and there is a, a few other people working with them. There are people in Europe under the E Skydive uh, E Record Skydiving uh, moniker. I hear a lot from them. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in a lucky place in life to get a lot of direct communication from these folks. Uh, uh, Matt shared some of his insight to what he wants to do and his goals and his directions right after that record. He he really sat down with a group of brilliant-minded folks. It was a collective for sure, um, and and they're really doing the right things. And what's neat is belly big ways once upon a time could only get so big. Eventually, they could burst and get bigger because the skill set grew, and that increased growth curve was good, but it's temporary, and they kept trying to follow that increased growth curve, try to grow faster, but no, your, your, your talent pool can only grow so much at a time, so you need to slow it back down. That didn't happen. There were some problems. There were multiple big way organizers in the world of belly skydiving. No shock, right? You had some who were doing great, some who were doing great, who are no longer doing great. Questions come out. Uh, 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 problems come out. I mean, uh, everything you guys are talking about are very real situations. I don't know the details of the big way of the vertical world record you guys are talking about, but I know a lot and enough details to, to understand what you guys are saying. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I really am glad that people like uh, uh, Matt Fry exist in this world. And fortunately, I think the majority of the community will come back together. I think there's going to be some growing pains. I think it's going to be super difficult for a little bit. Um, but I think enough really key leaders have pumped the brakes really hard back to it, man. And and y'all have said his name multiple times and I will be the first one to say his name as well, because he's the first person I heard of this from. I knew multiple people were involved, but Matt Fry, man, the guy is, is, uh, 
Legend. Like a good human being. He's a legend. He's a good human being. He's the kind of person you want to be around. He's the kind of person you want to follow. And thank God he's the guy with the sense to help pull us all together. So it is really cool to see. I, I hope lessons were learned. I'm positive lessons were learned from y'all's event. I hope more people continue to learn those lessons. Um, and I hope everybody learns those lessons and, and other people can share in big ways. I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of big ways. Um, that's a lot of people to trust in the sky at once. Um, there is a, a, a person, uh, that does a hundred ways regularly. And this person has tracked across the front of my wife on, uh, big ways here in Houston. And this is in the last few years, a big ways, you know, 30 ways, a big way for, for certain groups. Um, so for us, uh, a, a big way is a seven way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 30 is <laughs> a lot of people. Dude, yeah. that's perfect, man. Like Nicole Black and I were doing a two way and it turned into a three way. It turned into a five way and it turned back into a two way. Everybody started joining. I've done that group. with Nicole. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's, it's great. So I, I just wanted to give kudos to, to Matt. I wanted to give kudos to you guys talking about it, man. It's a, uh, let's be real. You're throwing yourself under the bus when it comes to it. Um, thankfully I think you do it with, with reason. You're, you're not being asses about it. You're talking about real issues, real problems. Um, you're not calling anybody names. These are things. And kudos. Being a little bit of asses about it. But. <laughs> uh, not much. I mean, you, you're not talking shit about people. You're not calling people names. You're not, you know what I mean? You're not being dicks about it. Um, you're not happy about it. And I don't blame you. If I, if I have like five people fucking flocking at me when I'm like, what the fuck do yeah. I do? That's a big deal. Yeah. It's a huge fucking deal. No, no. I think you guys do a great job of being super critical, but never unfair. You know what I mean? Like I'll take that. Yeah. Like, and <laughs> I, I think we're that. fair. That's the like, biggest compliment. Thank you. Ever heard. I think that's the best way to have said it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like being super critical is one thing. And then if you're an asshole about it, then like maybe that's an issue. But if, if you're, if you're fair, you're willing to have a conversation and you don't hold that stuff against anybody once they've learned and got gotten better like that's what we need right like i think there's the bottom line of that whole conversation right there man when, when you're working with people if you're jumping with these two assholes on a skydive and they're organizing you and you don't like what's going on be critical of them but be fair i know mark a little bit and i've enjoyed the time i've gotten to know you i've not had any issues or seen any problems with you ever that's a win. um, um <laughs> dude you don't want to be on my radar if you're on my radar at the dz <laughs> it's because everybody's telling me you're a problem you know that oh, not yeah. yet but it's like man if, if i know who you are before i've met you mm, you probably have not issues. because you're hot shit no no <laughs> you're not um but you, I, I know you've always been that way. You've always been fair and critical, uh, and you receive people the same way as long as they speak in the same tone. So, man, really work from that. But I'm I'm really curious because there's some new things going on in Houston. Um, I got to be part of a lot of the safety culture of this drop zone, and one of my favorite, favorite, favorite parts of being uh, – Man, this might be arrogant, but I'm a foundational piece of the safety culture in Spaceland Houston. I just, I feel comfortable saying that. Um, I'm sitting back and watching safety culture, safety policy, and safety procedures changing, and I have zero input. And the thing that I love is how well people are doing it. There are quite a few leaders who've grown up behind myself, who've grown up behind Steven. Uh, Steven and I like to joke around how we turned into the old dude sitting back watching the young bucks take the stage. Um, we implemented leader policies many years ago. Were you around when we first implemented those policies? They've kind of come and gone. Yeah. yeah I can't remember all of them. Yeah. But. It's, uh, it's been one set of policies, and it was uh, under the reign of Jason Hyder, if you remember Jason mm-hmm. Hyder. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so that, that is uh, when a lot of that happened. Uh, Tex helped with that. We consulted with Fly for Life, Arizona, Paris. We talked to a lot of people. Jay Vienendahl was, was a big part of the drop zone back then. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and it went through a lot and said and done, it was a healthy start. I, I wasn't upset with what we saw. It was also fought vehemently. Um, and now you guys are, uh, I say you guys, the drop zone is making up. I'll say you guys, cause you're a big part of this, Alex. I didn't even think about you sitting over here. I mean, I'm helping out where I can. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you, you, you're there full time. So you're yeah, really that liaison sure. between the fun jumpers and the drops. And you're really that go between. So fun jumpers, if you don't like what's going on, it's Alex's fault. <laughs> and staff, <laughs> if you think the fun jumpers are fucking it up, Alex is not doing a good job leading the fun jumpers. We all in on this <laughs> statement. I can get behind that. Um, so what is, what's going on with, with angle policies here in Houston? Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have any input on that as far as... Uh, I feel like you're the most knowledgeable person here. <laughs> you work for the DZ. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say that I wasn't the person that like built it, wrote it, anything like that, but I have been a lot, there a lot to help answer questions, build the questionnaire, and for those who don't already know and that are listening, basically we have an approved leader program. Um, you have to go through, similar to what Mark was saying in Chicago, right? It's like a, a written test followed up with at least one like practical eval-style jump. Uh, in between that, there's usually a sit down when we talk about the questionnaire and, you know, fill in any gaps that people might have or not have. Um, so far, we started that list with, I can't remember the exact numbers, but like a group of really solid people. Like I felt privileged just to be on that list. And I think uh, the group of approved leaders immediately is somewhere around eight to 12. Is that fair statement? I think there was like nine in the original group chat. Yeah. And that then right. I want to kind of get to a, a quick skinny because I, I think I know this answer. I have a ballpark. But, hey, man, you got to jump with J-Russ or you're fucked. That, I mean, I, I get there's somebody to do it. But we have people who can do these evaluation jumps, right? Exactly. So we had the initial list of approved leaders, and that was eight or nine people, give or take. And then within that group, there was, I think, like five. Five or six of us, I think. Uh, like eval or like leading Leading evaluators, um, examiners. Yeah, examiners. <laughs> sure. I don't think it's <laughs> no, I don't think it's examiners either. I think evaluators is a pretty good way to put it. But uh, you guys are both on that list, right? Yep. And I think I saw. See, it's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't you both? Yeah, you both did uh, a couple of uh, eval jumps. I have done one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Maybe it was. I went with Adam Kozlovich. Yeah. No, and it was really cool. I know you weren't there, Mark, but like the rest of the group, it was cool seeing people stepping up and uh, like really putting effort into. To doing those eval jumps and me that's just a testament to kind of the community that we have and like it sent such a good message to i can say nick for sure because he's put so much work into this like seeing people who are a big part of that community actually giving a shit and like shaping it the way that we feel it should be like that's that's sick to see so that was a, that was a really cool thing um it's one thing i love about spaceland is like uh as an outside jumper coming to Spaceland, like I didn't get licensed at Spaceland, this place was super intimidating. Like uh, yeah. I remember the first time I walked on the drop zone, and I was like, "Holy shit, this place is crazy!" <laughs> yeah. I'm coming from a, a single caravan drop zone. Uh, I'm like Ohio. six foot five. Who are you? <laughs> Where did you come from? Um, Air Ohio. Okay. Um, Sherry's so place. Sherry's place. Yep. So uh, that cool. back when it was at Hilti. So it's in it's in Ashland now, but. Uh, Hilti Field, which is like this little grass strip and a grass landing area right in the middle of a bunch of bean fields in, uh, in Just Ohio. Just in farm country. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I remember when I moved back to Houston, I walked into Spaceland like, holy shit, this is crazy. Like, uh, <laughs> it was it was intimidating as, a, as an outside jumper. But as I spent more time there and I learned more kind of about the safety culture and kind of what Spaceland is, which in my opinion, it's a training drop zone. Um, yep, I would say like the, the cultures and drop zones, it's like you have the family drop zones where after we get done jumping for the day, everyone's going to hang out, drink a beer. Everyone's going to be there till nine, 10 o'clock at night mm. where space land. It's like, all right, we're done jumping. Everyone's already in the parking out. lot leaving. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And honestly, it's it's refreshing because Spaceland, the the way it operates, it's kind of more in line with I would say our goals with skydiving. We're mm-hmm. we're here to to get better and train basically and treat it as almost like it's a job, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like I want to go hang out and and party with my friends. And um, one thing I love about Spaceland is the the safety culture has always been on point. Like when I was a newer jumper, when I came here, I had maybe two hundred jumps. Um, if I was doing something wrong, people were going to let me know. Um, if you walk out into the loading area and you don't look like you know what's going on, you're going to have four or five people approach you and be like, hey, man, what are you doing? Yep. Um, and, and that's why I really love Spaceland is there's so much experience and so much knowledge that like when we see somebody walk into the loading area, we can tell they're super uncomfortable and <laughs> yeah. we can provide that assistance to, to help them get comfortable. Man, I man, hold on right there. I love what you just said. We. Yeah, we man, you know, uh, Steve and Stephen Boyd have been very good to me in my life. Um, I've absolutely built everything I have there. And if anybody thinks that I was given anything, uh, you can sit down with the three of us and have a conversation and know that I've earned everything I've done there. But they've been very good to me. And, and, and with all respect, fuck them and fuck everything else about the DZ. <laughs> skydive Spaceland is the people. It's right. the jumpers. It's you. It's me. It's our friends who we skydive with. It's that asshole who shows up every weekend that none of us like. But, man, he's still part of our community. His he's still part of our family. Miles, Miles yeah. <laughs> I really thought you were about to say his name when you started that. <laughs> Wait, who are you talking about? I'm kidding. I'm just making sure, <laughs> yeah, man. But Miles will fit. That'll work out. I was going to say Cody Prentice. Uh, He's so we love rude. Cody. Yeah, I love yeah. Cody. You know who's ruder than Cody? Scott Rumble. Exactly. Man, you got me. Scott you Rumble. got me. You son of Everybody's fair enough for that nice. But guy. he'll do it with a smile. Just but we know enough. that passive aggressive smile. Has he ever? Role. Has he ever let it slip with you guys? Be honest. All the time. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the the nice guy Canadian thing. Like, is it, have you ever it's seen him act. just lay into somebody full, though? Full of shit. Like, I've never really seen him upset. I've seen him get close, maybe. You ever see him fly in the tunnel? You'll see him get upset. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen him fly in the tunnel. Yeah. And I'm not trying to, like, we don't have to shit on Scott the whole time. I'm just curious. <laughs> no, we do. We do. Somebody do. Yeah. Maybe we should have started the show with that just to get the full two hours. But, um, no, nah, man. He, like, from everything I've seen, obviously, he seems to be super positive. But yeah, it's for sure. Yeah. No, and it, what I was going to say earlier, like, uh, what topics you touched on with remember being. Remembering being scared shitless when you first rolled up to the drop zone because, man, I felt the same way. I got my license here, but still, like, rolling up as a student, no less. Like, I remember, uh, do you guys know the dojo? You know what I'm talking about when I say the dojo? So, basically, those mats where there's, like, that U-shaped wooden bench, like, in between the packing room and manifest. And there's, like, the... Where the staff packs. Where the staff packs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that strip carpet and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, when I first showed up, everybody would hang out there. Like, everybody who worked at Spaceland would hang out there. And I would avoid that area like the fucking plague as a student (laughs) makes. I'm like, they're going to quiz me. They're going to ask me all this shit. I don't know anything. Like, I'm avoiding that. And I still remember that feeling. So, it's cool that you also have that perspective of rolling up and being like, man... I don't want to piss anybody off. I want to do the right thing, you know, all, all within like uh, a certain boundary, right? Like no one ever was an asshole about anything, especially like, fuck uh, you, Alex, <laughs> you're a piece of shit. There's one, <laughs> but it, it's cool that you have that perspective. And have you noticed yourself like maintaining that when you do see that person in a loading area, who's like maybe making the wrong call or for sure. Anything like that. Like, uh, definitely educating people as much as I can. Like, yeah. um, typically we deal the most with like, uh, Newer jumpers or people doing hop and pops that because yeah. uh, we're sitting by the door all the time. Yeah. People that aren't super familiar either with that airplane or with Spaceline in general. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, I would say it's not super uncommon for us to be educating someone in the door as 
as they're climbing up to altitude. Yeah, you help them spot from the right side, right? Yep. Yep, especially in, was that, MB? I can't remember what planet it was. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard, like, the, the little passenger side window got knocked out of one of the planes the other day. Mark and nope. I were on the load, and, like, you could look out of the right side of the plane. Yeah. Man, it was the craziest sight picture. <laughs> yeah. Just so able to check the, the spot before the doors yeah. open. Right side's good. Yeah. <laughs> right side's good. <laughs> Clear on the right. <laughs> but, no, man, it's cool that you have that perspective because, I mean, you don't, tech, like, you don't work in the drop zone, right? Like, you're not obligated to go do that, but I think it says a lot about, you know, how you feel about the drop zone and the culture and, and kind of your now responsibility as being someone who is looked up to, to mm-hmm. kind of take that on every now and then. But maybe it's not every conversation because you are there to train and do all that kind of stuff. But the fact that you have that perspective says a lot. And I think that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. One thing I've always tried to kind of keep in mind is I never want to come off as unapproachable. Yeah. Like I know, I know Spaceland from the outside is kind of looked at as kind of a clicky drop zone, mm-hmm. which I would say that's kind of true, but I would say there's just so many groups focused on their specific disciplines. Like you have the wingsuiters that are all very high level people like Luke Rogers. And then you have the high level belly flyers. There's multiple four way teams that train at Spaceland. You have the angle flyers, you have the free flyers. Like I would say in the swoopers, like I would say it's clicking the aspect that there's several different disciplines that people um, are jump together. In. Yeah, mm-hmm. they jump together. They train together. They, they all have similar goals in mind. Um, and I never wanted to give off the vibes that like, oh, don't go talk to that guy. He's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so I, I kind of make it almost a goal when I show up to the drop zone to go say hi to as many people as I can yeah. to, to kind of keep that like. I think people overlook too. Like everyone in those groups is friends with each other. Like, yes. Yeah, for sure. The guys I jump with are four of my best friends in my entire life. So it's not just clicky because we skydive together. I mean, we hang out because we're great friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you we're guys... nice to everyone else that's there too. But you know, we don't go to dinner with everyone. Not yeah. all those guys came to my wedding. So. I went all the way to fucking <laughs> Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Gross. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. But to echo what Mark said, yeah. I mean, I hope people know we're approachable. Maybe we seem like we're not, but anybody who ever has, I, I would hope got a good experience or yeah. asked a question about gear or body flight or anything. I mean. Ankles. No, man, we I love say, talking about flying. Yeah, we love dude. talking about canopy. We love talking about all of it. So no, I, like from personal experience, I can say that you've been super welcoming in the past about any conversation that comes up. And I think a lot of people have gotten misconceptions about your group specifically because you are so tight. So it's just constant shit talk between you yeah, guys. We're not nice sure. to each other. Yeah, we are we're not, not nice to everybody other. else at the DD. Exactly. And it's cool that you get a chance to say that. And I think you've done a good job of spreading that anyway. But it's nice that we can say that when you know people are listening or whatever. Because, yeah, I think uh, people tend to see that like banter between friends and be like, oh, shit, if I go over there, I'm going to get I would say the, roasted. The, name, <laughs> the word to describe our group is accountability. Yeah, that's I a good would, one, dude. I, I, would, like I would say. <laughs> that's kind of like the number yeah, one you better mantra. Be on your shit. Better be on your shit, and if you're not, you're going to hear about it. I love that, man. Like that—that's very much part of our culture, and I think, yeah, like you're doing a great job of growing that too. But I can only imagine what it looks like from the outside looking in. Of like, if we're we're playing a video on the TV and somebody just comes walking up and they're like, "Oh, what are these guys doing?" And we're screaming at each other. Oh, totally, man. Like I've been on a the video that looks in. really good, yeah. objectively. <laughs> yeah, like something and we're that all people, pissed yeah. off. <laughs> No, I, I remember the other day it was like, uh, I think it was a hybrid that you guys joined on with somebody. I don't know exactly who from what from your group, but like some of your group was there for sure. And it was a good jump. Like everybody on the outside was super happy about it. And then you guys just started picking it apart. Yeah, it was, I was on that jump. It was <laughs> like a good mix of like our group and, and then some other people we don't normally jump with. Yeah. We accomplished the hybrid. It was like a, I think it's called a chandelier. So it's like the three hangers stand and then the three belly stand. We nailed it. We got a great video sunset like everybody was happy and then 
who was on it, Miles and me and Cody. I think Scott on that too. I don't know. I wasn't. Once everyone kind of like started walking away, we're like, dude, what the fuck are you doing with your legs? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you off level? Yeah. 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 I remember that. It went off the rails. That's pretty cool though. (laughs) It is entertaining to watch. I think people are afraid to jump with you because they're afraid they're going to be criticized the same way. But man, I wish people would take away what you you said. And, And there's two things you can't be afraid of as a new jumper. And one of them is don't be afraid to ask. Hey, Nick, can I ask you a question? Don't be afraid to ask that question. And don't be afraid to hear, not right now, I'm busy. We're trying to lock this in. Let me hit you back later. Stephen Boyd, uh, I've talked probably about it at least once on the show. I, I heard him use a line one time. I don't think it's a line. It's, it's a truth. Uh, somebody asked him for his time. He's like, yo, dude, that's a really good question. I'll be honest. I don't got time to answer that right now. Can I get back to you when I have 10 minutes to give you the time that question deserves? And the kid said, yes, he was really cool about it. Of course, Steven is a good dude. He follows up and does that. And it's become something I've done since. Like, hey, man, can I ask you a question? Yes. You ask me, I either answer a quick answer or I say, hey, Mark, sorry, man, I don't got time right now. Can I hit you back up by the end of the day? <laughs> and if it's Mark, we've ignored him since. And, and by the way, you've succeeded. Um, you uh, are approachable. Uh, it's because people find you creepy and they think you're candy from your van. But Fair. other than that, it's there's no Fair. reason. I got smarties. Mm. Whoa, smarties! You have smarties. Do you have a van too? Because I have a van. We can like put a bunch of like double up on the candy. Van. I think we could form a business relationship. I'm in. Cool. Now he's got a car that drives on the wrong side of the road. What do you mean a van? <laughs> yeah, you do. I do. Quite loud that car. I heard you coming before, like, Mark parked behind me for all those who were wondering. Uh, we walked into DJ's house together, and I heard that car coming from down the street. From man. six miles away. Yeah. It's not that loud. <laughs> uh, you're right. It's really cool. <laughs> there is a handful of cars in my neighborhood that loud. And so I was coming out to see if it was a particular neighbor, and I'm like, I don't know this car. And he parked in front of my house. I'm like, oh, okay. And you said hello. So Came out to see if it was a helicopter. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, I've had a police helicopter ride along. You know how you can do a, a cop car ride along? You ride in a cop car. You can do that? Not anymore in Houston, but once upon a time, HPD, you could do police helicopter ride alongs. That's pretty cool. Just, yeah. So a old police helicopter pilot used to fly or used to jump, and he, he took uh, Trent, if you know Trent Alkeck on one. He took a few of us. And he's like, hey, where do you live? I live over here. Which one's your house? It's that house, the one Jared used to live in. And he starts circling. You got your phone? Yeah, start taking pictures. And literally 100 feet off the deck, circles my house three or four times. I'm thinking, like, what the fuck are my neighbors thinking, man? (laughs) Like, cops are over at DJ's house. Here goes the neighborhood. Uh, We went away and kept flying. Dude, free sightseeing tour of Houston. Every fucking, there's a dude in Houston whose backyard, his pool is the bars and stars. So underneath the wing of an airplane, the bars and the one star, that's a shape and the look of the pool. There's a slide going to the pool that is the no section of a F4. There's a wing over his patio that is a wing from an aircraft. He has ejection seats. There's all sorts of crazy shit in Houston that you find in a helicopter. And all the cops know where they're at. So lots of fun. Covered backyard on the list. Yeah, yeah. There's a bomb on his roof. <laughs> we got it. When, creepy cops. Got do you it. have a backyard? Uh, not right now. No. Okay. So One just a backyard. We need to start there. Yeah, we'll get a backyard first, and then we'll cover it. We'll get a cover. <laughs> I mean, maybe buy the cover first, just to like have a little dream board. You know, yeah. like one day I'm gonna. I'll put it have up. Some, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I kind of want to go back to that whole your space land. You say we. Um, you guys both really have turned into leaders at the DZ. Um, it's been really fun yeah, because. Literally or figuratively? 
Uh, both, <laughs> both, you know, and it's one of the things that I don't think people realize is you don't have to want to be a leader to be a leader. People do follow you. You don't have to be in an official role to be a leader. Um, I think you both realize people will follow the lead you give and uh, you don't really care. It's not something that, that interests you, but it's something that you're willing to take the mantle on and, and do your best with. And uh, those to me are the best leaders. What's it feel like to have gone from a brand new jumper in a place to be one of the guys that everybody looks up to? Man. I think it happened well, for me. Yeah. It happened a lot earlier than I was really aware of it. Like you said, it's not something I set out to do. Um, I think maybe through conversations with Tex, he kind of imprinted it on us that it was happening, whether we wanted it to or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had a similar, a yeah, similar experience for sure. Like uh, as we were kind of coming up, as we are in uh, in angle flying, we were getting a lot of coaching from like these high level coaches, Mafi, Tex. Um, drawing a blank on all the other coaches mafia and tax yeah mafia and tax <laughs> um and uh it, it's crazy now that we're almost looked at as peers now instead of students which mm. to me is very very strange yeah um like i mean i'm doing an lsd camp with tex and alethea in, in march yeah, which man. to me is yeah, crazy. That's pretty cool that's crazy sick. i remember when i saw the post i was pretty excited for um, you, like, like uh it's it's an awesome opportunity but it's very strange it's almost like borderline imposter syndrome i was just gonna totally. ask about that uh, it's yep. it like i understand that i deserve to be here but it also i don't feel like i should be at the same time it's rad that you can admit that man because a lot of people wouldn't they just kind of push through that kind of stuff is there anything for you specifically that helps like keep that in check of like no i know i got this like do you have a moment that you fall back on or like anything in your skill set that uh confirms that man i just i just lean on my experience Mm. whether it's in the sky or in the tunnel it's like i lean on like man i have so much time in the wind that all I really need to focus on is putting my group in a spot that's safe. Like mm-hmm. that's, I'm not necessarily focused on like body position or anything during the jump. Like really the only thing I have to worry about is just putting my group in a safe spot mm-hmm. and just having that one thing to focus on makes it 10 times easier yeah. in, in my opinion. Um, but, I've flown many a boring jump as a leader, <laughs> just staring at the ground, trying yeah. to make sure we hit our spot. Yeah. yeah like the, totally. the formation load that we did a couple of months ago, where it was a, a six-way yeah. formation load. <laughs> yeah, like two in one plane, three in the other. <laughs> yeah, we had three in each uh, plane, and yeah. it was after the exit, the first 10 seconds were super sick, like the visual of leaving both the planes, and then we had such a far distance to cover that the rest of the jump With was With a 40-way belly getting out after us. <laughs> yeah, we had such Beautiful. a far distance to cover that uh, the rest of the jump was just a straight line. So <laughs> it was like, honestly, a super boring jump, yeah. but it was cool because it was a formation load. Yeah, like get um, that different visual. Yeah, I remember that because I was going to be on the next one, but they didn't send it. Yeah, they didn't, the, all the old people got tired. Yeah, exactly. But no, that's, uh, man, that's really cool. Nick, have you had any moments like that for yourself specifically, like keeping yourself in check and like knowing that like I do deserve kind of what I'm getting? Um, I don't know if it totally answers your question, but I, the thing that sticks out, I guess, is uh, when they started talking about doing this program, yeah. and they approached us and asked if we wanted to be a part of it. I mean, we could have said no. That was an option. And I think talking amongst ourselves, we all came to the same conclusion. Like, this needs to happen, this program. And so why not us? I mean... And you're talking about the leading programs. Yeah, sorry. Right? Yeah. No, just just having, sure. you know, an approval process for being a leader. And then... And we can get into why that needs to happen i would too, love to that point. was my next um, question yeah like what you guys think about but just it. that if somebody's going to be you know the evaluators or going to have input in the program we're already doing this at a pretty high level it's like basically what we do every weekend it's our entire life you know and it's our safety on the line too because 
that's to go to the next point we're going to talk about. Movement jumps introduce a ton of, of new safety topics and groups not opening up on the line of flight, or maybe they are opening up on the line of flight when they're not supposed to. So now if somebody's got to teach that or help create a program to, to enforce all that, why not be involved in that and why not make sure it's done you know, to the best of all of our ability and not just be a passenger? I wish more people took your group's attitude on the DZ, and I, I think you've noticed I don't pay much attention to the group that you hang out with outside of coming to talk shit with you guys and, <laughs> and catch up. Um, I'm only interested to see the cool things you guys are doing, and I don't ever ask questions outside of, like, how do you do that or, or what are you guys thinking? Um, and you said a word earlier, accountability. It, it's show up and, 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 and fuck skydiving. Just show up in your life and be accountable. Um, Mark owned that that mustache is horrible and you should probably <laughs> totally that face, dude. Wow. I'm totally talking shit, man. I just knew that would be a good low blow. Oh, wow. Like that mustache. Right, man. Um, man, I'm just jealous cause you can still grow hair. So that's, that's, that's my cop. You got out. that on you on your head and your face. That's pretty rare today. Yeah. yeah it's it one or the other. That's yeah, one or the yeah, other. I guess it's pretty but, solid hair genetics, man. Man, I like the accountability your group brings to the table. And, and if you really are trying to do, uh, and I'll, and I'll throw Alex into the group as well, what any of these three guys are trying to do, and that that's uh, grow a better culture, grow a safer culture, and grow more cool skydivers. Because, frankly, I bet if the right person came in who could jam with these guys, they would enjoy it at mixing more people into the group. We all do. Um, yeah, we get a little bit selective because we all ha- have our different motive motivations, our different drives, and our different availabilities. For sure. Some of us are ve- have less time available. Some of us have less money available. And let's be real, it's not a cheap sport, and you guys don't jump cheap. I see how much you jump. Um, so uh, kudos to to your good job and your broke finance. You're a tunnel instructor, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're broke I mean, finance. You're doing all right, though. I do okay. <laughs> um, Staying busy? I stay busy. Are you coaching a lot? I coach a lot, right. yeah. Do you coach, uh, God damn it, uh, Riley Jackson? Uh, yeah, I Did do. Did you tell her you were going to be on the show? Yeah, she knows. That's why she liked the, our Facebook page yesterday. Yeah. Hey. We, we got followed from her out of nowhere yesterday, and I just... Like, all right, that's cool. I, I love when new people follow the page and the, the page is coming back alive. I'm like, that was random. Yeah. Now, you mentioned it in the, uh, I think you guys were crushing hands or something earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, was, yeah. I've been training her up. She uh, she got Alex pretty good the other day. She did give me pretty good the other day. For those who don't know, every time Mark and I see each other for the first time, we're talking like the firmest handshake that you can muster. Yeah. And I, I feel like I haven't really kept score. I feel like it's mostly pretty it's even. 50-50, I would 50-50, say. 50-50, yeah. It's whoever but, uh, gets a good seat, you know? Yeah, but Riley got me the other day, man. <laughs> I'm glad like I'm not twice. part of that. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But yeah, man, Riley got me the good the other day. I already told you, but, uh, like, I, I, I was thinking about it. It stuck with me. Like, it was in the airplane, and, like, I was thinking about it when I landed from that jump still, man. Like, She's she, in your head, dude. Yeah, she was she in She lives head. there. We're free. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't expecting it, man, and uh, whatever your teacher is working. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So tunnel coaching, free fall coaching, and handshake coaching, is that what we're looking at here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the handshake coaching specifically is uh, $700 for a day rate. Hmm. If you're wondering, plus that's slots. A, that's affordable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. It says handshake, but there's a lot you can do with a firm grip. Right. So it might be yeah. worth it. Yeah. It might be worth it. I think it's worth uh, it. Uh, <laughs> you're coaching. You know what the difference between pink and purple is? The no. grip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Gloves or no gloves, I don't know. <laughs> Talking about my hands, yeah. please. Yeah. 
Um, um, uh, I, I want to go backwards though, just a little bit. I, and sorry, I, I go backwards. I have things on my screen to keep me up to speed with what I'm doing. You guys have since uh, called yourself the horizontal elite. Is Man. What, what, what's oh, what's going to come up? It's yeah, because well, we're just so damn arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it started as a joke. Um, and so I one hundred percent a meme. Yeah, it's a rip it's, off of the vertical elite. Yeah, absolutely. It, it came. It came up. I would say maybe a couple of months before the record. Um, we were honestly talking about getting t-shirts made. I think we were going to get jerseys made. Yeah, we were going to get jerseys made. But, uh, with that's a lot a f- of shit talking on them, but then they were like 300 bucks each, and we yeah, canceled that idea. The design fee plus the, the jerseys each, it was not cost-effective for just a, a funny laugh. Um, yeah, so the people who organize vertical big ways call themselves a vertical elite. Maybe they made that name up in jest all those years back. I doubt it, but yeah, it was just us kind of taking a shot at that. So it's it's kind of turned into a, kind of a joke, and we've just kind yeah, of. Let I think it some ride. people think we're being serious, but we're definitely we're, not. Not. we're here to we're set the record straight. Not. Fair enough. No, that's awesome. Wait, so uh, I have heard the group called a couple of different things. We have many names. Assholes yeah, so, is one. So of them. while that's we're while we're setting the record straight, like the ankle flyers, the, the ankle, ankle flyers. flyers. Okay, sick. Like that was another one that came to mind. But uh, that originated from I think Cody I think, asked a question in the group chat. No, or, I think you were trying to teach me anti breakers in the tunnel. That I think we were talking. We were talking about barrel rolls somehow, and I I sent a video while I was at the tunnel, talking about like how you're stepping over through the transition, and uh, the phrase was like you got to fly your ankles, (laughs) and it just kind of became this meme that that stuck. Perfect. Every coach has a uh, shtick, right? Like straighten your legs, or you know, there's a million of them, but nobody claimed the ankles before Mark Wallace. No, yeah, I haven't heard it. No one else has uh, tried to claim it. But yeah, fly your ankles. Now the two tunnel coaches who listen to this will start saying "fly your ankles" and uh, let's trademark the royalties. Pay royalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you can. Uh, I'll have my people talk to their people. Just go to YouTube, find Mark does a stunt, and uh, you can message him there for those royalty rights and That's payments. Right. And you can also find the horizontal elite a summer at Spaceland twenty twenty three video. Um, which I've been meaning to watch at some point. Um, I'll be honest, it's 20 minutes long, and that's a lot of time for me to set aside and watch a video. It's 20 minutes of sick jumps. Well yeah. worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just honestly can say that I watched the first uh, minute in the last little bit that we were hanging out here, and good job putting some logos up there. Yeah. 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 I'll be transparent. I run his sponsorship for one of the things he gets, and uh, good job. Thank you. Keep earning it. Yeah. I wore this shirt on purpose, actually. <laughs> it's an L&B shirt. And uh, Mark sponsored. I'm not, but we like to joke. I've gotten more free stuff from LB than he has. This is true. <laughs> it's true because you're not this sponsored. I don't have any obligation to you. You just got homie that I gave a wedding gift to. Well, I won a contest. You remember? Oh, that's right. You had text on the show. You got a couple of Aries and, a, and, and an it was Audible. Like, right? I think I just oh signed in right God. when you said the words, type text in the comments for a chance to win a L and B fun pack. I type text and then logged off and then my phone started blowing up. Yeah. And so we, anything we do like that, we actually do random number generators. We do have random pickers that do these things. And uh, it's always entertaining when somebody, I, you were the first person I knew who won something that we nice. did. And so that was really cool. Uh, back to Pro your track two. Still got it. You're my uh, favorite Aries too. Aries fan of the show. Yeah. Fan of the show. Guest of the show. Uh, fan of the show. My favorite guest of the show is, is Tex. It's just, well, anybody who tells well, taking shit stories wins the game. So come on, man. we have, we have such high praise for, uh, for Tex. Tex has had such a, a huge part in our progression and, um, where we are today. It would not be possible without Tex. Tex has been an incredible mentor to us. So we, we have nothing but praise for that man and his mustache. He's got a girl's name. Jesse and Jesse love Jesse. No, absolutely. If you know me, you know how I feel about Jesse. So he's a really good dude. I don't know what it is. I, I 
I have no problem with his name being Tex. I just started calling him Jesse, and I can't stop it. I just he's mm-hmm. Jesse to me. Um, I will say he's the best coach I've ever had. I would agree with that. I will, agree and I mean with that, that in the sense of coach, not no. just flyer, not just like no. here's some drills. I mean like coaching, coaching. Yeah. I, I'm uh, at some point have a lot of information about how to coach. I've done coaching in more than one sport. Skydiving is not the only sport I have a background with coaching in. Obviously, took it to a pretty serious level. I've written. Uh, uh, adult educational principles for sports for colleges. It's, it's just something that's in my background. And, uh, Tex is a hundred percent. I've done a little bit of work with a little bit of work with him. I'm like, his name's Tex. So I got to talk like a son bitch motherfucker. Uh, he, <laughs> but I did a tunnel thing with him. Uh, him and Jay were doing, uh, the vertical stuff, the, the, the uh, VFS stuff in the tunnel. And I got paired up with Tex and just the way he spoke, man, he, he, he motivated me. He inspired me. He spoke in a clear, concise way. Um, I absolutely strongly encourage coaching with, uh, Tex. He's absolutely, there's a reason he's where he's at today. Um, and part of it is, is he's very accountable to what he tells you. Very accountable. What I would say, what I, what I think makes him such a great coach is not only the technical understanding, which a lot of coaches have, but his ability to push you to perform. Oh, yeah. Um, like uh, what we worked on a bunch last year was not necessarily like this is what you're feeling on your shins. It's like we're training mindset. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking about on the ride to altitude? What are you thinking about in the jump? Um, like v- the way you visualize the jump where the first time you do a skydive, you should have visualized it so hard that it almost looks familiar during the jump. Like it almost should feel like deja vu as you're running through the skydive. And uh, I would say there's not a lot of coaches out there that are also training that aspect of high-level skydiving and high-level performance because that's basically what you're doing. Um, the The level of the jumps is getting so high that you have to be so focused and so locked in that if you're not, then it becomes a safety problem Like because yeah. of the types of moves that we're doing where there's a lot of over-under or even closing speed where groups are coming back at each other. It's like if you're not locked in, then you're not only jeopardizing your own safety but your friends as well. Um, so it... It's incredible how that man has kind of put together this curriculum to push us to perform at that level. Um, I, I can't. Yeah, say I don't think anybody else in the world is coaching like that. No, it's it's mostly just still body position and maybe it's a new jump dive flow no one's ever seen. Before, I really would like it, to fly with yeah. Mason Corby down in Australia. I would say yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, pay too much attention sure. to what's going on, on the outside. I, I, I would say things. from what Texas told me and what I've gathered on my own research that that is like the, the closest that you're going to get. Um, I, I really would like to fly with him, whether that takes me going to Australia or if those guys come out here for space camp, that would be awesome. That man, that would be pretty unreal. And, uh, yeah, just, just hearing about the level of flying that's in Australia now, I mean, and I've heard it from, I think it was you, Mark, like yeah. when Tex and Alicia came back from what was it flow mm-hmm. recently and they were just talking about the level of flyers man, that are they out have, there. they have a crew yeah. out there. I can't remember what drop zone specifically, but like Vincent and Mason and Blair and all those dudes that are out there in Australia, like they have a group of eight or nine people that are all hungry and like going ham there was kind of a point where we were kind of in a battle with them yeah like we would be retaliating with videos like posting back and forth and we're almost like trying to one-up each other and then i feel like this last year they have just Mm -hmm. uh taken off and not looked behind at us like they they, (laughs) 
they have definitely leveled up a bunch over like, in Australia. What do you think caused that? Like they're just grinding a little bit more, like more like this style of training, or like like what? I what honestly don't know because I don't know anything about yeah. how they how they train. I, I talk to Blair very seldomly, um, but I've been pushing for for them to either come back out or. Uh, me making a trip out there, but I want to jump with those guys so bad. Yeah. I'm just talking about Blair Smith. Blair Smith. He's listening into this somewhere. Hey, I've seen his name over here. Yeah. Um, From talking to Tex, I know, like as an example, if they learn a new drill, they'll do a hundred jumps in a row of the same drill. Yep. Hell yeah. And I don't think he was exaggerating. No. <laughs> we do a lot of drill stuff, but not, not to like, that not level. Like that. Yeah. Not to that level. Man, that's amazing, especially putting a number on it like that. Like 100 jumps, especially in a row, that's a lot of reps, man. Yeah. And when you have like a like a motivated group of people to keep each other in check, like it's amazing the things that you can do together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, yeah, it's pretty sick that they're that. They hungry. go ham training in the tunnel too. Like a, yeah, there's a lot of, okay. that's a Most very high level tunnel flyers over there. Mm. Um, half of that group either works in the tunnel currently or has have worked in the tunnel at some point. Yeah. Um, and they're they're rippers out there. Um, yeah, I would say there's there's not that high level of tunnel flying here in Houston, mm. unfortunately. But uh, we're, we're trying to get it that way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're, that's you're, really dropped off, yeah. at least for me personally. What what do you think caused the drop off? Just like different stuff in the world, finance stuff, people losing interest, anything like that, or just yeah. I mean, you'll never get the amount of time in the wind that you get when you work there. Yeah. So just leaving the company, it was kind of ah, okay. In your case specifically, uh, like leaving iFly. Yeah, and then it's just so expensive. I mean, I did a lot of uh, four-way VFS after leaving iFly because it was the cheapest way to fly. Um, and it was a skill set I never really worked on. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you really get precise when you're grinding that. Um, but, yeah, then we we started, we were jokingly calling it Dynamic Night. So, man, it was brutal in the beginning because, like, I, I had experience from being in the tunnel, but, like, Scott and Cody – weren't flying two way. I mean, we were doing super slow speed drills, mm-hmm. but at least we were splitting the time. And then over the course of like a year doing that once a week, I mean, it got pretty advanced and then Mark would come fly with us. And then those guys were getting a lot of coaching during that time. Is that kind of where it all started or was it, were you guys hanging out and jumping together before that? I think it's the VFS is probably when we kind of formed our little group. So, I mean, we all knew each other. Um, Scott moved down here right during COVID. Mm. Um, I mean, good timing for him because we had, we had just started kind of forming like a training group, mm. and uh, he jumped on that. And I think we, I was, we saw that he kind of had the same mindset as us, so yeah. it worked out. I think yeah. I was kind of late. I think you guys were already doing like group coaching with like Monfi and Tex. You were, but I mean, you were progressing so fast in the tunnel that I don't think we left you that far behind. <laughs> That's the other thing. I, I mean, going back to what we were talking about earlier we all kind of came up at the same skill level at the same time. Like we all kind of suck together and now we all kind of suck a little bit less together. So (laughs) when people say, you know, we want to jump with you guys, it's number one, we're selective on it from a safety perspective. We don't want to do anything with people we don't know or trust. Mm -hmm. Trust is a a huge aspect of what we do. And like the reason our group feels tight is we've jumped together for four years now, Mm -hmm. three years. And we have, I probably have over 1500 jumps with you. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, that, that level of trust, like you can't just build that overnight. So like the, the reason that I would say our group is so selective is just because of how much experience we have with each other, where we have kind of a a mutual understanding of like, I know Nick's going to be on his shit. I'm going to be on my shit. You can read each other's body language. Yeah. Like if they're leading the jump, you know what they're going to do next. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I can say from personal experience, like when I got to join you guys, especially early on, like 
integrating into that was like I could feel the cohesion between you guys and being the new guy on the outside of that. Like you can tell that there's a difference between this group of people who have done so many things together and trying to integrate into that. So like for what it's worth. And good for you for asking to come along and for coming along because there's a lot of people that could and don't. So. Well, I mean, I appreciate you guys being persistent because there were a couple of times where the offer was thrown out there, but I'm like, yeah, it's probably just like a polite, like come along sort of thing. And I think Scott was the one who like finally drove the point home of like, dude, fucking come on, (laughs) you know? So I appreciate that kind of persistence. Yeah. I mean, we Um, want everyone at the DZ to level up. It's it's not like we just want to hang out with each other. (laughs) Actually, yeah. (laughs) Comes across that you guys don't like hanging out with each other at all and they need new friends. Somebody move here. (laughs) Between Scott Rumble and Cody Prentice, it's full of just real rude people. So you got to be careful. But my advice would be don't, you know, show up and say, oh, I want to get into their group. Find your own group, people that are the same skill level and same mindset, and train your ass off. That's what we did. Like, there wasn't a group when we started that we, like, got into. It was something that organically happened. Yep. Mm -hmm. Everybody should. You, I think you said like seven is is a big way, yeah. and and really that's a joke because that's a huge way. Uh, man, find the same two, three, four people to jump with over and over and over and over again. Um, I I did a three way free flight team in the nineties, not because I cared to compete. Uh, we ended up competing and doing okay, but we wanted to get better. And and at the time, a team called Psycho Circus. If you guys know Heath Richardson, he was on that team. Uh, he's the chief pilot at Spaceland Dallas. Okay. He was on the first uh, PD Factory team. First, what well, he just super uh, legend back then, and then uh, turned into a full time skydiver, you know, staff member, and now he's disappeared. Uh, he he, uh, him and his teammates convinced us, like guys, you guys don't need to be a team because like you guys just want to get better. Just jump with the same people over and over again. Mm-hmm. So just start a team. And it's amazing because we jumped with the same three people over and over again, and people saw us improving and trying to get better. And just on that foundation alone, people would invite us to be on their jumps because they're like, we want that kind of drive. I don't necessarily care that you're as good or as bad as you are. I care that you are focused on getting better and being, back to your word, accountable. And uh, God, man, I I actually don't know this to be true, but I'm going to bet Somebody who's a good bit lower than you guys, you won't go on a jump with all the time. But if they're accountable, growing, and trying to become better, you would take them on the occasional jump just because that's how they're going to grow. For sure. You mm-hmm. would enjoy jumping with a person more than you would enjoy the jump. So, man, yeah. don't be afraid to ask. But, man, you said it. Find a group. Get better as a group. And you're going to get better. And you're going to get a lot of attention that way and in a positive way, hopefully. Yeah, and you should never be bored on a skydive. I mean, you could be the best person by far, but then work on something new. You don't have 3,000 tandems. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah, there's always something to work on. Like, uh, even on a basic cruise, I'm still feeling... Flies a totally different body position that you've never done before, and then Mm -hmm. see if you can still stay with the jump. I mean, yeah, if you're bored, it's your own fault. Yeah. Yeah. It's not because of the people you're with. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I've personally seen you side flying on a jump that was like... (laughs) You know, I was doing my best to keep up when you were just messing with body position. That's like, kind of showing off. A <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looked good from where I was, but uh, yeah, for sure, like totally makes sense. Have you guys uh, had pretty good experiences with, with like mixing in with some of those newer people? Because I know I've seen you guys both organize for like some newer people, some people you don't uh, fly with all the time. So, how's that experience been? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, passing on information and knowledge that we've yeah. gained is definitely huge. I mean, that that information has to be gotten from somewhere so it might as well be coming from us mm. um and then also like a lot it's of nothing we invented it's, no, just it's just what we were taught yeah, yeah totally it's, we're just passing information down mm. um 
and then I mean, some of these people that don't jump super often, they're just stoked to be jumping. Yeah, like uh, I mean, they're they're just hyped that they're going on a skydive, mm-hmm. um, which is super rewarding. I think. Yeah, um, I mean, the, I think the very first, you know, call it mentor jump, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we talked about break off for like fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and just the concepts of it. Why why do we do it? What's the point of break off? What are the ways to break off? You know, what makes one way good and one way not good? And just that was the most rewarding part, not the jump. I mean, the jump was a zoo dive. I'm sure everybody had a good time. I had a good time. But them walking away knowing this is how you break off from a head-up jump and why, to me, was what made it worth it. Yeah, man, that's got to be a cool feeling, getting to to give back a little bit and just to give that knowledge, like you're saying, to people that may or may not already have it. Um, how has the perspective changed? Like we talked earlier about you guys getting so used to flying together. When you go switch gears a little bit and fly with those new people, like is that a pretty uh, pretty different feeling? I wouldn't say it is because I think there's still kind of the same level of accountability. Like, cool. uh, I mean, yeah. these, the, the way Tex puts it is like, if you're leading a jump, these people will follow you into a volcano. Yep. Um, so <laughs> like we, we, especially if you're on your back for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, I, I would say like we have the same level of accountability to ourselves, whether we're flying with us or whether we're taking people that we don't typically jump with. Like, uh, we, we take that, that leading position very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, we over the years have had what we like to call cheap lessons. Yeah. Um, not necessarily close calls, but like situations that were less than ideal. And we've kind of taken a step back and gone, okay, that was not where we wanted to be when we opened, but uh, we learned from it and, and we're able to once again, hold each other accountable for that. Um, So I wouldn't say that the mindset changes like uh, being a leader on a movement jump is a lot of responsibility. And I remember looking back now of the experience level that I have, back on when I was leading jumps and I had like <laughs> yeah. eight, nine hundred, a thousand skydives when I thought I knew what was going on, man, it, it's made me realize how lucky I could have gotten because I didn't fully understand what we were doing. Like I was doing basic jumps like 45, 45s and I'm like, yeah, dude, it doesn't matter as long as we're off jump run. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're space land. It's not uncommon to have three moving jumps on a load Yep. where it's like, if you don't hit your specific spot, you're putting your friends and then that other group in a, in a, dangerous situation um so like looking back i think a lot of people don't understand how dangerous it is to lead movement jumps oh yeah they have no idea i didn't i mean i I I had no idea i think we all went through something pretty similar there you don't really know until you know or unless somebody tells you ahead of time which is why i think the program we have now is such a great thing sorry nick you no i just i keep finding more things that i didn't know could go wrong for sure <laughs> like <it's, laughs> yeah totally and there and there have it's been, more and more scary honestly the longer i do it yeah uh, and, and then think about how lucky we are that movement groups free fall groups have not collided <sighs> somebody hasn't died not just one person like five people going through five people yeah. i mean we're very lucky that it's, that hasn't it's happened pretty insane when you think about it like that yeah and uh man and it, it happens to everyone whether the experience level is there or not there's been times where we're following each other or even high level organizers where we've made a judgment call during the jump of like, I don't like where we are. Like I've left mm-hmm. skydives before. Um, we, we've I come can vouch for that. We, <laughs> I was on my back with a, someone else not in the room leading the jump and Mark paced out at eight, five. Yeah. Right? I, Aggressively. I've been, I've been leading most of that day and I knew the jump run hadn't changed and I knew yeah. where we were supposed to be opening and we came through in a layout and I looked at the ground and I did not like where we were and I fucking bellied out and I, tracked west for the rest of the skydive mm-hmm. um did you land on i landed on the sky uh, did everybody else land it, on it wasn't it wasn't a 
I didn't like how far we were from the drop zone. It was we are we are very close to the jump run. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I I skedaddled and um, <laughs> is that a technical and like term? Mark said, those are the the cheap easy lessons. Yeah, like we're very yeah. disciplined in debriefing those as if something did go wrong. Yeah, because I know it's easy to just be like, hey, we got lucky, whatever. Yeah, but that's for sure, man. You keep doing that long enough, something's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah I totally think uh, I think I was pretty heated after that jump. Yeah, I yeah, think we, I think we all were. We. Rightfully so. We get uh, mad at each other. Yeah. Yeah, but again, I think that comes with accountability, and especially when things aren't going perfectly or even when you have close calls. Like, yeah, it makes sense that emotions get a little high and all that kind of shit, but uh, at least from everything I've seen, everything is always handled in a way that, like, you know, we're still le- you're still learning from it, and then it gets solved, and then everybody's good again. Right? Always a student. Yep. Yeah. And I think that mindset is great. And before we get too far off that topic, too, we touched a little bit earlier on, like, when you were new to being leaders, all the stuff you didn't know you didn't know. Like, for the people listening and for the people that want to apply for, like, the movement questionnaire and all that kind of stuff, like, what kind of advice would you give to those people, like, in terms of skill set or resources or any kind of questions or anything like that? The leading workshop. Yeah. yeah. The That's, uh, man, there's so much information. Like, uh, one of the first drills you do during the the uh, the workshop is you sit down, text has a dry erase marker, and it's like, all right, let's list everything that a, a leader is responsible for. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you're thinking like, oh, maybe 10 things. And there isn't like a list of answers. It's, the, it's, it's all of it. It's right? everything. It's like, and keep going. that we'll list keep going grows into marker runs out of ink. 50 yeah. or 60 things on the whiteboard. And like that was the moment where I was like, okay, this yeah. is not just – turning left off of the plane or turning right off of the plane there is mm-hmm. a lot more involved in this and there's a level of awareness that you have to have mm. um that i think only comes from experience yeah i want to ask totally. a question about the leadership workshop I've, I've sat in small portions of it i just haven't had the time i've been around when when it's available um and with text that you you get it just it's impressive do you have to be ready to be a leader to attend no no, and I suggest people that are wanting to get into movement flying um, and they're like at the two, 300 jump mark to take the course to have a better understanding of what movement jumps are. That way you can ask the right questions to the person that's leading. Um, and anytime I'm jumping with, uh, regardless of their status or not of an organizer, I'm going to be asking them a bunch of questions. Um, and if you know the answers to the questions that you're asking, you can get a good gauge to what that leader experience level of knowledge is going to be if they're not giving you good answers and how receptive they are to you asking those questions. Yes. Um, if if that offends them or they brush that off, that's a red flag. That's a red flag and you shouldn't be jumping with that organizer. Yeah, man. I think that's a great way to put it. Like having that knowledge as a follower can be super useful, man. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned earlier about the whiteboard thing and a couple of things that people are responsible for. Were there any big things for you guys that was like this light bulb moment of like, holy shit, I didn't even think about that, but it totally makes sense. Like Keeping your shoes tied, <laughs> I think, is one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was up there. Man, I, 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 I don't think there was any standout ones. Okay. I think the, the wow moment was the the vastness of the list and how long it was. Yeah, but That was kind of the moment of like, okay, I'm responsible for a lot of shit. It is not just like me getting out of the plane, turning left and wherever we open, we open like it's, there's so many factors to your decision-making process of like building a flight plan um, that I had no idea before I took that course. I I thought like, man, this was back when I thought two seventies out of the door were were an (laughs) acceptable thing to do, which they're not. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
I think everyone just thinks there's it's such a big sky when they're new. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sky is very small because you didn't exit with someone, even though you gave them three seconds or you gave them ten seconds. That they're a separate group, they may as well not exist, and that's just not the reality. I mean, on big way stuff, you might get out twenty seconds before the base or twenty mm-hmm. seconds after the base. Yep, yep. you're on a different skydive until you get there, and mm-hmm. you're on the same skydive. So, just kind of finding that awareness of okay, there's the line of flight. And all the vertical or belly groups, the, the straight down groups, they're kind of opening up, you know, nice and organized and neat on this line of flight. And we're basically drunk drivers out there, like <laughs> swerving around, you know. And if we don't have a plan, we could go through all of them. Yeah. For sure. No, that's a great way to put it. I For think sure. That's a really great perspective. So the, the responsibility is on the movement group to get the fuck off jump run and get out of the way. It's mm-hmm. not on anybody else in the plane who's going straight down. You can predict on a map where they're going to open. It's our job to get out of their way. Yep, and then open in a spot where flying our parachutes back to the drop zone, we're not flying underneath other groups as well. Like there's a lot of things that you're thinking of, like uh, not only opening in a spot, but also what direction are you breaking off? Where mm-hmm. Where is that person on the very outside going to open? Like if you're breaking off somewhat parallel to jump run, but you're off a jump run, is that person that's taking a hard 90, are they tracking mm-hmm. back at the jump run? Like there's... There's what so if you get up there and jump runs not what it was on the board? Yeah, yeah. we've we've had instances where jump runs totally. ninety degrees off of what we expected, mm-hmm. um, and and we have to plan accordingly for that. And really, the only way to be able to make that split second decision is to understand what the winds are doing, understand what the rest of the plane is doing, um, clouds dealing with that, putting yourself in a spot. I mean, there's there's plenty of times where we've gone up. And we're like, all right, guys, we're going straight down. That's our only option. Um, I, I have a question, man. It, it's, everything you're saying makes a lot of sense. And, and I really, back to it, being somebody who's safety-driven in our community, to sit back and listen to these conversations and know that I've had nothing to do with your thought process. Respectfully said, man, I, I've had nothing to do with training you. Mm-hmm. But yet the whole culture that we live around are saying things with that people like me believe in, and I love it. Winds aloft. Jumpers don't check the winds aloft no um when we used to have to spot when we couldn't rely on gps we knew how to read the wind some of us still do just because we're old um uh it's man it, yeah we're just old you said we have to know the winds how often do you guys and how much of the winds do you guys know when you're doing angle jumps well we look at it all all the way from yeah. ground winds up to 14.5 um and and we're looking at the direction the speed we're looking at shears um we're, lo- we're looking at all of that. Does um, our experience match what the board's saying? Because yeah. it's just a forecast. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. But you're so you're taking in that information, and so many jumpers want to be you. And when I say you, I don't necessarily mean you. Any of the people they look up to, whether it's uh, somebody who's uh, thriving and surviving and, and it's excel, it's excelling in angle flight, big ways, belly weight, it doesn't matter. You're looking up these people. And these people are doing the basics we've taught you from the beginning. You want to get to where Nick is. Nick, you made one of my favorite posts recently. Somebody talked about wanting to do something in a bigger group or a bigger formation. And you said, hey, man, Spaceland has a lot of good organizing programs for big ways. Get involved with those because they're going to teach you the skills you need now to get where you want to be. And I don't. Yeah, he wanted to do vertical big way. And I said, check out the belly big ways at Spaceland because it happens all the time, right? They're organized practically every weekend. And my point was that the fundamentals are the same. So why not learn it in a much safer environment? The fall rates, you know, the the deltas between the skydivers is so much slower. If somebody corks out of a belly way, it's kind of like brushing arms. If somebody corks out of a 200-mile-an-hour head down, I mean, people can blow up. So why not start there? It's right in front of you. It's It's already here. 
And you hit it right there, man. It's go with the basics. Find out the basics, the things that you've thrived on, you've thrived on. Uh, you're a very interesting one. Back to it. I, sorry, I didn't get to see your progression, but you actually uh, ate up as much of the mentor program as you could. Yes. You definitely tried your best to select the mentors who would cater to the learning curve you wanted. Mm-hmm. Not every mentor is going to meet that, and that's okay. If you're at a drop zone, uh, Skydive or Chicago uh, at, at CSC, they have a really good uh, mentor program called the Wingman or something like that. Um don't don't cash out because you don't like the mentor you're with find somebody and nick you're pretty picky you're pretty particular because you want to make the most of your skydives mm-hmm. you seem to find no problem have no problem finding those people and taking those lessons away so i love the foundation that you're saying i want to look at the ones aloft. i want to know all these things and fundamentally i'm not egotistical enough to say i have to do what i set out to do you said at the end of that we had to do a straight down jump yep I think to go back to your question, I mean, yes, take a leading workshop. That's the answer as far as what to do. But yeah. Even before that, I would say, ask yourself, why do you want to lead jumps? Or do you even want to? Is it being forced on you? Mm-hmm. Is it something, you know, I don't want to be an organizer. I don't want to run angle camps. I just want to have fun with my friends. Part of that means that sometimes it's my turn to lead. So for me, that means that's my responsibility now to do that safely and, mm-hmm. you know, professionally. But we even- I think some people do it because they just – they think they're supposed to or they think they yeah. have to and you don't have to it's a yeah. it's a ton of responsibility mm-hmm. so at least figure out if you're doing it for the right reasons we even <laughs> argue we don't want to leave like, yeah. no <laughs> i don't i don't like it i really it's don't entertaining. like it i walked um, up to you guys recently and it's your turn to lead it's your turn to lead i'm like why do you guys take turns to lead because none of us want to so we all <laughs> yeah. just take accountability and lead. you yeah. you learn more as a follower like if yeah. you're following yeah, you it makes following you before you're leading yeah, yeah it makes you a better flyer oh and yeah honestly leading is fucking boring <laughs> <laughs> uh, no scott i should be boring that's, that's i not, thought i heard that that's, somewhere that's not true but uh like uh your responsibility as a leader obviously is the safety stuff but like you're having less fun like you're you're yeah. setting the fall rate you're you are flying the jump for other people mm-hmm. to follow if you're doing it correctly you're having a lot less fun yes absolutely <laughs> yes. you have to consider everybody not just yourself yep nicole black took the leading uh angle workshop just she was in my class yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she took yeah, it just cool. because she wanted to be a better follower. Yep. She mm-hmm. wanted to do what she wanted to do better. Her and I've talked about it. Uh, I, you know, this absolutely. Uh, I want to get back to jumping more. And if I want to jump more, the only thing that really seems to appeal to, there's a couple things to appeal to me, but the one that appeals to me the most is what you guys are doing. And I don't, what you're doing exactly how you're doing it appeals to me the most, but I'm going to be real and say, Angle flying appeals to me the most because I'm not going to put as much energy into it as you guys do to do what you're doing at that level. Um, I would like to get good enough to go out on a jump with a few of you and and, and be okay and survive. What is it that Rafa said? Is it nothing a thousand hours can't fix? 10,000 hours hours in the tunnel. tunnel. Some of our favorite jumps are just cruises. Just go fast. Just go for a burn. Just relax. doesn't need layouts and carving and clock and rolls and yeah. none of that so what does the word atmanati mean to you uh i re- i mean i recognize that word that was before my time but it was kind of like the hunched it, over it's angle like, flight yeah, the re- origins of angle flying yeah i mean it really is. so flocking is an early term that we use for angle flying uh we would go on flocking jumps and and really they are uh rudimentary angle jumps you know early flocking jumps were just steep tracks that's all they were and we would do various uh, degrees of steep tracks um yeah and you got it uh, and then at times we went on flocking jumps that were movement and and really it had to be super particular uh most of the ones only handful that i went on back in the, the 
late 90s um uh we we yeah we we had a very specific jump runs given to us nobody trusted us back then nobody knew what was going on fortunately i was jumping with a group of leaders at the dz who could get what they wanted because they would do the right thing not because they were anything else um it, it was cool but it's really neat to see where you guys and not just you the community have taken eagle flying and where everything's gone i'm intrigued to see how it's going to evolve past this yes. point like what yeah. we we're doing such technical dynamic moves where it's every orientation head up head down belly or back movement we have layouts we have groups flying over and under each other we have groups flying at each other it's like that stuff was kind of unfathomable five to ten years ago mm-hmm. what is that next step like what yeah. where do we go from here mm-hmm. um and that's kind of something we've been trying to figure out is like we've not that we've done it all but we've kind of hit this point of like okay we're not very creative we're so not super why, creative we, that's why we go to tax because he keeps showing us what to do next yeah we have what's <laughs> called leaders block yeah <laughs> um I like that. where it's like we basically just recycle different bits from different jumps and put it together in an order we almost treat it like draws honestly like <laughs> don't say that <laughs> <laughs> your belly flyers yeah just you're gonna start going numbers out. and letters and that's yeah flock and roll head up yeah we lack the the creativity that's honestly why we continuously get coaching is um like it's good to have somebody that like techsy thinks about this all the time. That dude has a dream journal for flying. Like yeah. um, that's and, and that's just something that we don't do. Like I would say I'm more in that that headspace than these guys are. They got real jobs and real lives, mm-hmm. where I'm kind of more in it all the time working at the tunnel. But when I'm not at the tunnel, I kind of turn my brain off for that stuff. Where mm-hmm. like Tex is living that all the time, and that's kind of why. We continuously pursue knowledge and training from him because we almost envy that that level of uh, creativity that yeah. we just don't have. No, I don't have it. No, <laughs> I think that's a really respectable thing too. When in fact. doubt, shutter plow. <laughs> <laughs> Say what? Shutter yeah. plow. Shutter plow. <laughs> uh, you got to help me. It's a it's a move. Um, I, a lot of moves have names. Yeah, you sure? Yeah. Um, this is like uh, two head down groups that are on the back, uh, interlacing through the belly. Yep. Um, I, I, it used to be called uh, Chatapla. Chatapla. Um, and it was like the South Americans made up the word and said it with a French, French accent. French accent. <laughs> it's like a total joke. And then we've. <laughs> but taken everybody it. in the world calls this thing, a, a, so we call it a shutter plow. Yeah, we've taken the Texas twang on it and let's go shutter plow. Wow, I think it's perfect that way. <laughs> it's it's amazing traveling uh, different places and getting to hear people's responses to how we speak you know what people who i get to meet uh commonly know i'm from texas and one of the first questions i get from the angle people i meet do you know tex now, yeah of course we're buddies and they immediately start talking about how texans act and they start making fun of us and and how we talk i'm like what the fuck man you you have you heard you frenchy you sound <laughs> funny dude so I, I'm, I am curious something that that uh interests me is uh three-way free flying is a huge discipline that i absolutely love for me it was uh the first thing i competed in in skydiving um for me it's always been my favorite uh discipline and it's the it's one of the hardest dying ones out there for for uh competition skydiving the barrier uh, the entry the barrier to entry for three-way free fly is very high to get the certain basic skill sets you have to be really good it's yep. the hardest discipline to compete you're at. competing against full-time tunnel instructors and coaches yeah. that have been free flying for 10 plus years and you can't do the ba- well and that, even without that to be able to do the basic fundamental moves you it's very very difficult 
Um, Shout out to Spaceland Anomaly. Yeah, dude. Uh, there's qu- there's a few of them. Um, but then also artistic and artistic two-way. And, and that's a lot easier to get into because there's not a dock between a camera flyer and a camera and, and the performer. There's a lot less actual physical interaction required. So it's a little bit lower barrier. Said and done, dynamic uh, movement, flight, and those two disciplines have absolutely collided into one big world. Have you guys got to see and recognize that yet? Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, uh, I like that it's not a competition. Yes. I don't think you could ever turn it into one. Dynamic no. flying and angle flying. No, but it's just so neat to watch how one has influenced the other. If you go, totally. yeah, if, if you go watch World Meter, you go watch any world level competitor. The the movement components in freestyle and free flying both are huge, huge, huge. You can absolutely see, uh, really, the influence of the tunnel and the influence of movement jumps in. And I think that the uh, oddly enough, the tunnel has had a huge influence on movement jumps for sure it's outdoor so, indoor outdoor skydiving it's, yeah <laughs> indoor outdoor indoor skydiving <laughs> i have to use the word outdoor skydiving every so often at work like pretty regularly just because i have to when i'm talking to certain people and i'm just like i hate this word what about the above ground and the underground yeah what about underwater skydiving uh Did that's woodlands that? yeah you asked what's next that's what's coming yeah that's what's next um what are you looking at no, I was. Th- I lost my train of thought. We started talking about underwater skydiving. So Dude, I autistic free fly and uh, <laughs> yeah. dynamic. Yeah, yeah so artistic. I think I think it's uh, it's not a coincidence that all of the the highest level artistic free fly guys that are all fighting for podiums are all some of the highest level angle flyers in the world. Man, like, you follow Ascend at all? Jake, uh, yeah, and Jason. yeah, Jake and um, and Jason and the, the XP guys, and now they just picked up James Rogers, who yeah. is a f- animal in the tunnel like I, I think there's there's obviously some some correlation between those two disciplines it's been extremely interesting to watch those boys climb up uh just jake and jason in general um and then to watch i, I don't know if you know this but they were a team for uh like 13 months before they won their first uh, championship that's incredible damn so uh, uh it, there was a uh, a uh, u.s uh th- um Axiom was the name of a team, and mm-hmm. Axiom competed at the World Cup. And right after, immediately after the World Cup, uh, uh, Jason Brigman, the camera flyer, said, Hey, man, thanks for everything, but I'm retiring uh, because I don't want to be a camera flyer anymore. I want to step up as a performer, and that opportunity wasn't there with Axiom, his teammate. His teammate, I really said and done, was probably a good time for him to just move on and do the other things he's doing in life. He's, he's doing well. Um, and he teamed up with, with Jake, uh, Jake Carlson and they had like 11 or 10 months to train. I think it was 10 months to train before nationals. And then a couple more months to train after that for a world meet. And they ran a nine Oh average at their first world meet, which is something that hasn't been done in modern history. And the question came, has it been a recorded average ever? Um, the next year they added, James, James, James Rogers to, to the team and man, watching what those boys do have been read. Ridiculous. Yeah, man. Honestly, I can't. I can't picture myself putting, doing that format. Like uh, doing the same jump. Like some of the, like these free routines. They're doing eight to nine hundred jumps a year of the same jump. I. I don't think I have the mental capacity. Birds are meant that. to be caged. Yeah, I, think, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't have the discipline for that. So, so much respect to those guys. But man, there's no way I would go insane. I would. Yeah, I would feel like I'm in prison. Yeah, same can, answer for you. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing to watch, and I have a ton of respect for what they're doing. It's not my cup of tea. No, I can't. Yeah, I was. That's exactly where I was going for. Is that something that interests you guys at all? No. As of right now, no. No. Uh, Opinions change, but right now, yeah. I don't. 
don't you enjoy so. seeing it. You enjoy knowing it exists. Love watching the videos. Cool. You enjoy I love jumping. Being with... inspired, maybe to see a new move or a new way to fly something. But yeah, they put a lot of side flying in a lot of their routines now. And I say they, not just uh, a, 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 a sin. So has uh, uh, Lucas and Surreal and a couple other people. You, Joe, and you. Uh, Big fan. Love Jim side flying. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's neat to see, and and I'm curious to see. I mean, I would love to see you guys on an angle jump. Is there wheel. anyone in the world who can side fly who didn't work in a tunnel? Probably, because I can't do it. Probably, have you tried? Yes, like a lot. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, given, yeah. Like, did, like no. James Rogers, I don't, for no, example. I don't like try all lot. of those high level kids. Noah, Kaylee, James, uh, all the um, all the tunnel kids can for sure. Did you know who Axiom was? Did you know Jason's the, former teammate? No. Uh, Josiah Rich. Josiah Rich did not uh, work in the tunnel, and he can side My point is it's a tunnel trick. Yes. It, it is, is for sure yeah. a tunnel trick. It's like a flip twist. It's irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> it's not irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. I, I know us. Uh, just the halfway point of a barrel roll. Yeah. Side flying in AFF courses was a trick that we learned to do years ago, and it's you know you tumble, you spin out of control as a student. And a side spin is a very real thing that can happen not just on tandems, but with students. And giving a candidate a side spin is one of the dangerous, most dangerous things you can do. You're going to drive in to stop me from spinning while I'm side spinning, which means I have a knee potentially driving at your head every time you come at me. It's an extremely like dangerous move. I know only a few examiners who were ever able to do an intentional uh, belly side spin that way. And and uh, it was always reserved for the elite candidate because you're like, man, like if you get caught in a side spin, it's going to hurt you if you stay stuck in it. And uh, we learned to side fly to do it. It, it was something, but it, it's man, it was back to it. I know a few examiners who can do that. It is one of the hardest things. And we got good enough at it to fly stable and control what we did. Never did it in a way that you guys look. You guys. We looked like we were having cramps. Our body was contorted, but we were stable and control. And you guys just look like a freaking plank stuck in the sky. Yeah. To answer your question, Alex, the reason I don't do it is the amount of shit I would get from these guys for even <laughs> attempting it. If I fell off the jump or like, I don't know, corked out. You would never it's hear. It's the just end not of worth it. it. Back to the old accountability I mean, thing we were talking about. That. But what stopped them from giving you shit? Now you just give them something to give you shit about. Well, if you want to go do a secret two way, just let me know. Man. I'll get to. some video yeah, and I'll be we'll nice. Work on I'll it. be nicer than these guys probably. <laughs> I'll get some video. It sounds like he's going to throw you under the bus afterwards. <laughs> I mean, just for debrief purposes, you know, we don't have to put it on the we'll big talk, screen. If we'll talk off. Yeah, okay. yeah, perfect. I forgot we were, <laughs> forgot we were still recording. We can hang out later. <laughs> But yeah, that's cool. I feel like we've covered a, a pretty decent amount of the stuff that we wanted, or at least I wanted to get to with you guys. There are a couple of things that I'm sure we won't have time for. Um, in terms of like what's coming up, I know, Mark, you're going to be pretty busy with some stuff that you've got going on. Nick, do you have any plans for like your flying in the future or anything that's kind of up and coming? No, man. I've actually kind of just settled into a really nice routine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of work and life and all that's going on. And then usually Saturday or Sunday, one day a week, make it down to the DZ. Yeah. We've been really lucky with weather, I'd say, like the last two years mm. it's nice just yeah. come in rip around with my friends yeah no i feel like we've had a couple of pretty good weather windows on the weekends like uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, i feel like i consistently saw groups coming out like, mm-hmm. perfectly on a saturday or sunday or whatever it was yeah um my goal is not to get burned out so i mean yeah. i'm not training for anything specific i'm probably done with the records yeah. being honest um yeah it's about having fun yeah. still loving it i don't if i ever get to the point where i like dread it or it's just not fun yeah. anymore. And of course there's days where you, you know, you're flying like shit and you kind of leave a little disgruntled, but that's yeah. not what I'm talking about. I just mean, I still look forward to it. I'm always like looking at the weather on Thursday, like praying for sunshine on yeah. Saturday. So man, as long as 
that still happens, I'm I'm still going to be here. Yeah. I think I still treat it as like uh, training. Um, I, either I'm working on something, whether it's in free fall or I would say more recently, I'm focused more on the canopy aspect. And that's kind of like reignited my passion for skydiving. There was a moment where I was like, man, this is getting kind of boring. <laughs> um, where canopy flight is now kind of reignited, um, doing big turns and learning my parachute um, more um, <laughs> has definitely reignited kind of that uh, that passion for jumping. Totally. I would second that very slowly dipping my feet into swooping and then uh, flocking first ex- flocking exposure to that at space awesome. camp. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I was meaning to bring that up earlier because we were talking about the evolution of angle flying and with how tropical mixed in flocking this year. Did you guys feel like that was a pretty good way to? For sure, and um, it's catching on. There's a yeah. an XP event where that is, that. that's the same thing. It's like, two right. days of flocking and two days of angle flying. So, mm-hmm. like, I would say that format is not not going to go away. Yeah. It's a momentum flocking and ascend angle camp. It's something that uh, uh, what's Ted's real name? Um, the guy who owns Momentum. He sounds like Ted the Teddy Bear from the TV show. Matt Ted. Leonard. Matt Thank you, Matt Leonard. Leonard. Yeah. Um, Matt Matt Leonard. Um, shout out Matt Leonard, dude. Absolutely uh, a huge, huge uh, leader uh, with canopy flocking. Period. Him and then the, the uh, Sin Boys are putting that together, and it's it's ridiculous. It's flock and flow and flock and float. Um, which is the, the new part is, is that flock and flow. And it's really cool to see that they're going to do what they're doing, man. Um, I have a few questions or a few things because we are getting towards that end. Uh, lightning one, round, lightning round. One of the things that we mentioned is there is a new leader program in Spaceland, And one of the things that you also mentioned is three or four groups. I think now we're limited to two, groups. two, unless I think the way it's written right now is if there's an examiner or like a evaluator on the load that, three an exception can be made for three but right now if it's just approved leaders there's only two movement groups yeah. mm-hmm. basically the way i understand it just to make it easy for for everybody it's it's two uh it's three with exceptions for exceptional cases and exceptional reasons so don't ask um if you think you need to ask don't ask if you know you need to ask and you're going to be okay then go ahead and ask um it, it really say that is, five times <laughs> it was hard to say the first time man <laughs> So there's that, uh, but the thing I really want to know is I want to become a leader at Spaceland. I don't, man. I don't. I, uh, Cody Prentice says I don't want to lead. It's stressful. Cody Prentice also said I can side fly on my solos. I just haven't brought it up to the group yet. <laughs> so, so Cody, we brought it up to the group. Congratulations. <laughs> um, what do I do? Like, who do I approach? How do I become a leader at Spaceland? And one of my favorite things I saw with this new system is a lot of people made noise right away and immediately a bunch of you guys are like, hey, man, we're here. We're here. We're here. I actually saw you being one of those people a couple weekends ago saying, yo, no, no, let's take care of it. Let's figure mm-hmm. this out. So it's not closing down angles. It's not closing down people's ability to lead. It's just putting some structure and guidance there, putting some accountability there. What do I need to do to become that next guy? Yeah, I think with anything, when there's change, there's going to be waves being made. And I think in a couple of months when this kind of settles out and this becomes the norm, then there's not going to be any issues. Like, uh, I'm sure some people are frustrated about jumping through hoops, but it is what it is. We have to add that next level of safety, especially on such a heavy movement focused drop zone. Like I would say it's right now, especially in Houston is kind of the hub for movement jumps in the United States. I don't know if that's that's fair to say. There's obviously other hot spots like DeLand and Paraclete. Um, but it, as the sport keeps evolving, we, the drop zone has to evolve with it. Um, there, there's no reason somebody with 250 jumps should be going and leading somebody that has 80 jumps. Um, so that there has to be a level of standard set 
And I think this is just the first step. And the first step is always the hardest, I think. I think anybody who's qualified to be on that approved leader list would know why that's necessary. And if they don't, they're probably not qualified to be on the list yeah. in the first place. Yeah. So all the noise I've heard being made has been quickly answered. I, don't, I haven't heard what I think is any un- unreasonable noise. And all of it's been like, hey, and the answer has been very like, well, here. And, and everything just moves forward the conversation. As you said, those people know why it's there. They're just approaching the right people. And, and the, the biggest point is you guys are satiating and satisfying the problem, not making it worse. And, and so back to what do I do if I want to become a leader? How do I approach this process? Where do I go? Follow a lot of jumps. Take a leading workshop. Probably get some one-on-one coaching. Yep. Um, that's going to be Leading is going to be a topic in coaching, even if you're the student and the follower. I mean, it's the a good coach is going to walk you through their dive plan, why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and then I guess the next step is to approach the drop zone. Right? Yeah, approach the drop zone, and um, like even in, even if before you feel like you're ready, like go take a look at the the questionnaire. Like go look at the yep. questions that the questionnaire is going to be asking, and you can kind of assess that and say like, okay, are these questions that I'm comfortable answering, or is this something that I'm struggling with? If the answer is the the latter, then you need to focus some more and get the answers to those questions before you consider moving forward with that process. Totally. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better. Like that, that questionnaire is made to be a gut check of sorts. Like if you should be on that list, that questionnaire should be pretty straightforward. Yeah, there's like maybe a thing or two, but... Uh, yeah, if you're if you're if you got a lot of blanks on that questionnaire, then it's probably a good enough sign that like, hey man, you got to go learn some stuff before you take that next step. Yeah, and it's deliberately not a multiple choice test, right? Yeah. It's not you know get a cheat sheet, answer it all correctly, and you're good. Yeah, you're exactly. going to go over that test with an evaluator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're going to ask you questions about each question. Why did you answer it this way? Or what if this happens? Or something that's not even on the test, just to see if you know how to adapt to it. So, mm-hmm. and it's much for more clarification, there is not one correct answer, but there are a lot of wrong answers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> like the the way I would fill out my test and the way Nick would fill out his test would be completely different. But they're they're just going to be coming from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Like, so there don't think that those questions have one specific right answer unless it's like a really method specific. Like, hey, what this is exactly what we're looking for. Um, but there sure are a lot of wrong answers. I took a look at some of the questionnaires. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you did as well. And yeah. there were some, some curveballs in there for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting to see like, uh, what people know and, and what people are, people are applying to these kinds of questionnaires because it, it does say right on the questionnaire now, like this is made for like long form answers. So like, give us what you got. And, uh, yeah, I think I've seen some pretty strange stuff personally. A lot of that is just, uh, uh, people getting like east and west mixed up, for example. Sure. But like hmm. some of that stuff, in fairness, is just writing. I don't know. I know someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but weast, a lot of times, weast, 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 weast. <laughs> But a lot Seems of times, so when you simple. do get to to touch base with that person, they can clarify pretty easily. And to me, that's one of the reasons why that sit down is so necessary too, because like the questionnaire is just opening the door for the conversation that's going to follow. And the whole time, you're just like you guys are saying, you're feeling that person out. And anybody who's got the skill set and, and knows what to look for, yeah, you're not looking for one specific answer. It's just like, what kind of skill set does this person have? Like, what's the foundation laid on? And then we can kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so far, personally, I think it's it's definitely doing its job. And then, um, and then, what we're looking for beyond that on the evaluation jumps themselves is like uh, your execution of your plan, obviously. So, like riding your jump on the board, um, mm-hmm. coordinating with other movement groups that are on the airplane, um, checking the spot when you open the door, <laughs> um, and then obviously being able to hit your spot. And like wherever you draw that X on the map, it's like that's exactly where you need to open. If we are 
a quarter mile off, then obviously something went wrong during the jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also we're looking at the, the flight skills ability. If it's super shaky and it's obviously not safe for other people to follow, that's something we're looking at as well. Like uh, in the same way that any other skydive, the base is setting the fall rate. The base should not be doing anything. It shouldn't be moving. They should be just holding still in the same way movement jumps. The leader should be setting the fall rate and they shouldn't be moving around acting super sporadic. Um, the The flight skills portion is definitely part of becoming a leader. It's not just the knowledge stuff. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. One thing that's hard, and this is kind of what we talked about after we did the evaluations, it's really hard to gauge someone's competency off of one jump. Yep, yep. Um, it is... Um, in a perfect world, I would love to see a bunch of different situations and wins and jump runs um, in order to fully put an endorsement of like, yeah, this person's good. Um, man, what I would really love is like if we could talk to the drop zone is like whatever jump um, we're doing an evaluation on is like give me 90 degrees off of jump run. Um, on the way up, just give me 90 off whatever's on the board. <laughs> um, give me 90 off and let's let's see how they re- respond to that. Yeah. It's, um, it's not about how they perform in, in great standards, great situations. It's how they respond when things go wrong. For sure. It really is. Definitely. I One of my problems with rating courses, and, and man, I've got a steep history of the rating courses, is people will show up to courses, people will show up to evaluation jumps, and will put on their best game. That's what they're there for. I don't need to see you at your best. I'd like to see you at your worst, quite frankly, because that's when I know what's going on. When you're not going to be accountable, when you're not knowing, knowing you're being watched, when the, all these things are going on, I would love it to be more of a subjective process than an objective process. But uh, unfortunately, the fairest way to do it really is objectively um, and, and say these are the facts and these are the standards. Uh, I'm also glad that I don't have to make subjective decisions because I think Nick Serrera is a complete idiot and I don't want him to do it and I don't have to say that. Thank you. I can get behind that. Yeah, we're all, we're all on board with that train. <laughs> Choo-choo! So, it, it's, uh, yeah, I forgot. Man, 50 years old, it, it fucks with your brain, man. There's there's never going to be a perfect system yes. or a perfect test. Yes. I agree. Yeah. That's what I really like about this and I told Nick Lott that is that like thank you for allowing some nuance here of – you're putting experienced people in a position to use their judgment through conversation, through the jump, through the test, through all of it to figure out if somebody's ready or not. doesn't mean they're perfect, but do they know the necessary information? Are they competent enough to execute it? And yeah. So I can assume drop zone management makes an easy decision. I don't care what, 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 uh, Mark says about this guy being able to lead, we're not going to let it happen. The drop zone has that ultimate authority. But within the system, is there a veto process where, like, let's say Mark says this guy's good to lead and two or three of you say, no, he's not. We shouldn't let this happen. Man, I could, I can't really imagine a setting where that, that would be a situation that we encounter. I think, like, uh, it's... Let it live long enough and you'll see it happen. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, for what it's worth, it's it's not a decision we make. So we report back to the drop zone with the evaluation, and the drop zone makes a decision. So okay. I would hope that if any one of us was kind of on the fence and we all started talking about it, you know, we'd have a pretty good conversation about it. It wouldn't yeah. be like wildly varying opinions. Yeah. What I see really happening is back to it with the current state and the current standard. I agree with you for sure, Mark. I don't see it happening. 
Uh, but with any good system, it's going to grow. And as a good system grows, things get weaker, uh, you know, copy degradation said and done. Mm -hmm. And I am going to see somebody go up and you put the terms that I needed to hear, uh, Nick, there's some accountability uh, of the DZ. We're going to tell the DZ, yo, I just jumped with Mark. This is how it went. Everything went good. He's got my stamp of approval. I'm good to go. Three of us don't agree with you. We've heard that. We're going to go to the DZ ourselves and say, hey, I know Sherrera told you this, but this is our feelings about it. So that opportunity for that checks and balances really does exist. Sure. I, I think we, we would share our feedback, and then ultimately that's going to be Nick's decision. You know? Yeah. Not me. Nick Lott. Nick Lott. Nick yeah. Lott. Yeah, not this guy. Thank Nick God. who? He's dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he was here tonight. Did you guys frame his little yeah. jersey in memoriam up here? <laughs> Jesus or what? Christ. That's a jersey of a child, which is why it's the best answer ever. Um, no, so uh, just a, a little disclosure. Nick is not on the show. Um, Nick quit. Uh, no. No, Nick has been extremely busy right now, and Nick is still with the show. We'll, we'll still see him here and there, but right now his life is just extremely busy. Uh, one of our reasons we haven't had the shows we've had is to get him, Alex, and I on the same schedule is is very difficult to impossible. Uh, the next problem comes to scheduling guests for me is difficult because, as you both know, I'm not on the DZ nearly like I used to be. Uh, and thankfully, Alex has taken the reins on helping getting guests. Thank you, for you guys, for helping. Get Absolutely. This really scrape the barrel on this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Our, our next show might be worse. So I'm just saying. Why? Uh, who's next? Uh, Scott actually, Rumble and Cody Prentice? It, it is not. And I can't say uh, mainly because they've been messaging me during the show. And I think it's going to be a change of guest. Okay. So Thanks I don't think enough. that one's going to work no out. Um, otherwise, I would tell you because I really, it's a, it's a, it's a couple other dudes, um, and it's I would be hosting that one, and it's one of my favorite. It's not the down. vertical elite, is it? <laughs> yeah, we're going to get them guys. on here. Jay, Jay Russ and um, uh, – no, it, it's, a, it's a couple homies, and it really would not be a skydiving show at all. It would be an absolute bullshit okay. session. Okay. Um, but it, it's uh, – Nick just – he's too busy right now, and, and for us to jive time, we're not going to see Nick much. And really, it sucks, uh, but there's some blessing to it because you guys have asked to be on here as a couple for a while. As it? a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we have you, an announcement. Yeah. <laughs> We're coming like, out. What's up, fellas? <laughs> um, you guys uh, want to be, and it's, I, it's, imagine there's a third person in this room right now. Imagine how hard this would be and how crowded and uncomfortable. I think he would fit there. He could sit on my lap. He would fit. Yeah. Nick would fit like on that little table over there. <laughs> uh, he could use your bottle for a fairy stool. Uh, it gets crowded. It gets uncomfortable. So Nick not being around for a little bit gives us the comfort to have the two guest shots again. It reopens things up. Thankfully, Alex is very willing to juggle uh, back and forth from desk to chair with me so i really appreciate that so yeah if you don't hear from nick lot well, it's because we fucking hate him we fired him we told him to kick bricks and he's a piece of shit uh mission nick love you nick um you said noted yeah, yeah noted. <laughs> noted. awesome man if you see him at the dz just ignore him it's it's great he needs it he kind of does that to me already so i'm, I'm sorry did you say something <laughs> exactly <laughs> man I'll, I'll tell you something about nick lot i i think when I showed up at the drop zone, I was a tunnel instructor. And I think tunnel instructors over the <laughs> years. Now have, he's a trainer. <laughs> <laughs> um, tunnel instructors over the years have kind of earned a, a negative reputation whenever you go out to the drop zone, whenever you have a tunnel rats, if you want to call them that. You have a high level of tunnel time and experience with very low skydives. Um, you kind of become a, a weapon or a danger to everyone else because the, the confidence and ability um, or confidence and knowledge kind of is super skewed in the confidence uh, direction. So I think when I showed up, Nick 
already I started on Nick's bad side even before even talking to him. I <laughs> He's think. a tunnel instructor. <laughs> yeah, so I think I started in a hole and I slowly <laughs> had to climb out of that hole. But one downsize at a time. One downsize <laughs> at a time. But I also think that I'm not fully out of the hole yet. He's super hard to read and I have no idea where I stand with Nick <laughs> so, at any given day. I'm, I'm very good friends with Nick and I can tell you exactly his problems with you from the beginning. Okay. Uh, he's short. He has a complex. You're tall. Fair. That's all it Fair. is, man. He's right. jealous. I'm going to sleep so good tonight. Yeah. yeah. Height envy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're actually the reason he quit the show. We said that you guys were coming on here and he, he walked, man. I That's honestly, the final straw. I take yeah. that. I'll take that. Fuck yeah. Let's go. What an honor. <laughs> <laughs> no nah, man i can't speak for for him completely but i i think you've done a pretty good job thank so, you yeah. but uh for sure the impression i got from him and i don't know if this is just his personality it's like a little bit standoffish of like i would catch a glare every now and then i'm like oh fuck you probably deserved it. it it's so funny because i'm one of those people who can be seen as unapproachable and catch a glare but man when you see people like when i'm on the dz nowadays you don't see it nearly as much and you know me uh, well enough i think you see a big difference when I'm on the DZ now, I'm rarely busy. So how much more approachable and easy am I to get with? Man, back when I was on the drop zone full time, I had a mission. I had a goal. Why? Because one of you asked me to do something or needed something from me, and I was on my way to help that, and three of you on the way stopped me, and I couldn't remember what I was doing. So if I looked unapproachable, honestly, it was intentional so I could get the job done I was trying to get done. And then the glare is not a glare. It's I just asked you what you're looking at. Oh, I lost my train of thought, man. <laughs> yeah. What's that? What do you, DJ, why are you staring at me? Oh, I'm not. I'm just trying to take a blank moment, man. <laughs> uh, uh, Nick is in the very same boat I'm in. Um, when you see a DZ manager, and, and let's go back to the, the horizontal elite guys. That is their official name. That is their official title. Trademark. Or the we, or the sponsors. Yeah, Weasties. Um, one of you has a sponsor, and the other one of you just realizes not having one's better. We're trying to get Twin Peaks to sponsor. Us, yeah, we're we're yet. trying to we're trying to change the game with some unorthodox sponsorships. Like, uh, man, Kellogg's would be cool. Kellogg's. Um, yeah. I'm down with the Twin Peaks one, but Kellogg's? Uh, yeah, you know, might as well. Nike? Nike. Do you think Bucky's would go for it? Bucky's, maybe. I, I think that Bucky's would be like, be so that's like the Red Bull of unorthodox yeah. sponsorships. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, that is, that is better than Red Bull. It's <laughs> the ultimate sponsorship right there. Right. I think Bucky's should be the move. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, a Bucky's boogie, dude, that would be insane. Powered by Beaver Nuggets, dude. <laughs> Jesus, fuck Red Bull. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Beaver Nuggets are all wings. Yeah. Team Bucky's now. Yeah. I mean, it's, like it's a Texas thing, right? Like, what better way to represent Houston and Texas than uh, getting that Bucky sponsorship? I love all my friends outside of Texas who tell me all about Bucky's now that they have one, and and they know it's from Texas, but they'll act like I don't understand. I'm like, man, did you know there's a Bucky's like a mile from my house? Yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's a small Bucky's. A small Bucky's has like twenty, thirty gas pumps, not five thousand. So, man, those burritos are dope. I don't know if you guys have gotten the, the Bucky's burritos. They're like free bird sized, like monsters. Oh, sometimes really? I have not had one. They're like eight bucks. They're like twelve. You can get the same size burrito for like twelve or fourteen. Dude, breakfast tacos of Bucky's. Breakfast, yeah. dude. Yeah, Bucky's yeah. food is the one. In, the one up here. We're not getting paid to say this. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Bucky's bring it on. You know where Bucky's headquarters is. Where? Apparently in Town Center, the mall. Okay. Well, yeah, if no. anyone from Bucky's is watching this, feel free to give us a shout. <laughs> you know the uh, you know where J C Penney's is right here off two eighty eight. Uh, the big field, yeah, right? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that big empty field just right by it. That's where Bucky's headquarters is moving to. That's their field. That's what's slated to go there. They just haven't started construction yet. Cool. We'll send an email. Yeah. Yeah. If uh, if you know enough, that means my office is like a quarter of a mile from Bucky's. That's mm. wonderful, man. Works out mm-hmm. great. Uh, Beaver Nuggets for life. 
Have yeah. you had their jerky? Yeah, jerky's so good. Fucking jerky's on point, man. Absolutely on point. Seventeen ninety nine a pound. Man, oh, we got the prices off the top of your head. Dude. Oh yeah, yeah. is it really? Frequent, yeah, frequent flyer seventeen ninety nine a pound. So we really do got to wrap at some point. My wife came home; she's pissed off. It's past nine o'clock. I'm going <laughs> to get in trouble. Uh, I want to start with a couple easy things. Uh, you have a professional job. You're a skydiver. You do this shit for fun. If mm. somebody wants coaching, you're going to tell them to fuck off and hire your friend Mark. Right? Pretty much. So uh, Mark Wallace, you do some tunnel coaching for sure. Some sky coaching. Yep. How do people get a hold of Mark? Um, so. Either message me on Instagram or Facebook. Um, I also have a, a Facebook page that's specific for wind tunnel coaching. Um, it's called Mark Wallace Wind Tunnel Coaching in Camps. Um, and that's where I post all of the information regarding wind tunnel coaching. Mark Wallace Wind Tunnels. Wind Tunnel Coaching and Camps. And uh, if there's, is there an email or anything you want to drop to let people know? Uh, Mark does a stone at gmail.com. Man, guys, hit Mark up. I've, I've actually watched you for quite a while. Um, I watched you come on as a tunnel instructor. And I will say I honestly do have wary... Uh, ideas when I see a tunnel instructor come in. Sure. I also will tell you, I have more hope for Houston area tunnel instructors than I do most. Uh, early in iFly's Houston inception, it was a lot of skydivers. So the tunnel coaches and tunnel instructors who came over had a good tempering from the, the, the skydivers. And I think that mix is still pretty decent. It's so, definitely not what it used to be. No, not it's not. It's not it even close. But just with, with the travels and the work I have, I still don't see... The full level of arrogance come uh, that I see in other places. Um, so when you showed up, I'm like, okay, he's a tone instructor. Let's see what this guy does. Oh, okay. He just does things. Cool. Uh, <laughs> and does things nothing bad, right? You, you're skydiving. You're going along your way. Oh, he made a mistake. Oh, he owned a mistake and he learned from oh, it. Oh, he cool. ordered a mutant. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Man, look, you have how many? 100 jumps, but 1,000 hours? Sure, you should be on an 84. Congratulations. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, no, man, but you've done well for yourself. It's been Thank fun you. to watch you. Um, I, I've never watched you coach, but I can tell you with the level of success you've got and the people you surround yourself with, um, I have no doubt that you would be somebody fun to work with. I have no doubt that people would benefit from working with you. Uh, you might learn what not to do, but you'll learn something when you work with Mark Wallace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, uh, while I'm at it, by the way, uh, what's your name? Alex. Alex the Glopper also does coaching. So Gravity Lab Project. Alex at gravitylabproject.com. Um, mm-hmm. uh, is there anything you boys want to share before we get going and get skedaddled? Was that the word earlier? Skedaddled, skedaddled yeah. yeah. Is that on the test? It's a technical term. It might be. It should be. No, you get bonus points if you use the word skedaddled in your questionnaere. If you, you get 15% words, off. Yeah. If you get skedaddled, <laughs> you're immediately like, boom, top you're, of the list. You're there. You're an evaluator. Yeah. Um, <laughs> closing thoughts, I would say safety's cool. Yeah, be be safe. Um, always a student, I think, is the mentality that we've carried for a very long time, and I, I can't pass that along enough. Um, is you're you never know it all. Like you you don't know what you don't know, and uh, even with the experience level that we have, we're we're continuously learning how to do things better, how to do things safer, and we're the 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 butting heads that we have is just once again accountability. It's us holding each other accountable. We could always be better. Um, and I think more people should have that mentality. I think, uh, there's a lot of people within skydiving that reach whatever goals that they had set for themselves. And then they put themselves on this pedestal of like, I I'm here, I made it. And, uh, nobody's going to tell me otherwise. So I think if, if more people maintain the always a student mentality that I think the sport is only going to grow and get better and better and better. Man, if you guys and gals want to be a good skydiver, if you want to find somebody to follow, I love text. He's a good uh, role model, good leader. Um, you're here all the time. He isn't. 
man, look to these guys. Follow the path that Nick Serrera has followed. I've again watched you very closely. I don't know if you realize how interested I've been in watching you grow as a skydiver. In the shower or what? <laughs> you told them. Yeah. You told them that wall Thank charger you. I gave you is also a camera. <laughs> 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 Thank, you. We're bring Thank, it up. you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, but I watch you very closely just because I've, I've always liked you. You've been a good guy. I've always enjoyed our, our interactions, and it's fun to watch people grow. And then I haven't watched you as closely, but I've definitely watched you from afar just because it's been entertaining and in the good way, not in the bad way. So, guys, if you want to get better, you want to have fun, you want to learn to skydive, be like me. Lurk these guys. Watch these guys. Spy on these guys. Like, be a stalker and creep them out. We steal shit from people all the time. Like I, I want people to understand that we we steal jump <laughs> ideas, and once again, circling back to we're not creative people. We steal. I love that. That's really important. It, people need to understand. People this. need we to understand. Rubber like, bands, closing loops. Rubber bands. <laughs> Rigs, girlfriends. Yeah. Beaver nuggets. We're gonna get those for free in a second, though, right? Um, Brought to you by bookies. For sure. Like I mean, Sponsored. surround yourself and be around the people that you want to be like. I mean, it, it's only gonna rub off on you. Like, uh, and just like with normal friendships, like you want to surround yourself with people that make you a better person within skydiving. You want to surround yourself with people that are going to make you a better flyer or meet whatever goals you have within skydiving. Man, I have one last question for you guys. Do you call it ankle flying just because you can't find pants long enough to fit you? Yes. Hey, yeah. there's that horn. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I had one last question. So with that, guys and gals, we are really getting the fuck out of here. Uh, Mark Wallace, Nick Serrera, thank you so much for coming to hang out with us, man. Thanks, guys. For those of you who actually listen to us, I'm so sorry, and I apologize for wasting your time. You do not get a refund. You do not get any of it back. (laughs) Till then, we'll see you guys hopefully in two weeks. Peace out. Later. Wait, are we still rolling? Does this still work? I don't know. Okay. I was curious.